on today's show. This guy Post Malone, he puts on a guitar. I didn't even know the guy could play guitar. And it was fantastic. I've been fucking hoes and popping pillies, man. I feel just like a rock star. For the first time, Howard welcomes rapper, singer, songwriter, and nine-time Grammy nominee, Post Malone. You know I said it. Today's Howard Stern Show. Wow. There he is, Rob Zombie, the great recording artist, Rob Zombie. And uh, soon to be EGOT. EGOT means Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony, Rob Zombie. Yeah, how's he going to get a Tony? I don't know. I haven't worked that out yet, but I'm uh, oh. sure they're going to make the Munsters into a play, and I'm sure you'll get the Oscar for the new Munsters movie as a director. So I think he, he must have a Grammy he's somewhere. He's on track. Huh? Yeah, he's on track. Any day now. Hey-o! Hi-o! Uh, I saw a commercial for the new Munsters that uh, Rob is making. I don't know how he's going to pull that one off. Boy, that everyone has tried to make a Munsters movie. It is a difficult, And they haven't difficult... really worked, yeah. No, but Rob will figure it out. He told me he's got it all figured out. Well, you know, you got to love the material, right? That's it. Oh, he, no one loves the uh, Munsters more. Well, maybe with the exception of me. <laughs> Rob loves... Rob, had, remember he did that song... Based on the Munster Mobile, Dragster, or whatever the dra- yes, what, yes, yeah. what what was that called? called? Dragula, Dragula. Yes, 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 Robin. <laughs> I watched uh, over the weekend the entire presentation of the new season of Stranger Things with Millie Bobby Brown. That little perky girl has grown into a, a young lady, and we all celebrate. And I was really stoked for Stranger Things, and it was done very well. And I was watching the ending, which I obviously will not spoil for you. But please, because I, I got had it. no time for well, more Stranger Things this weekend. I won't spoil it, but Jesus Christ, I'm watching this thing. I go, "That's the fucking ending." What the is hell this is the this? Ending, ending, or is this just a? It's the final season, right? Well, I come in this. Uh, I come in this morning and John Hine, who's an expert on television, which is something you don't want to be, but this guy, uh, he says to me, oh, you didn't know? That's not the ending. Netflix is going to have two more episodes for this season. I go, what? When did Netflix start doing that? That's what I love about Netflix. They give you the whole thing. I don't need. Now there's like splitting up seasons and giving you a first half and a second half. Yeah, I said. I was like, what is that? I said, what are you, why are they doing that? Why are they doing that? Why are they doing that, John? I never understood your answer. You're the expert. I think, well, well, first on Stranger Things, there's going to be two more episodes on July 1st, and they're both like an over, one's over two hours long. So you didn't watch the finale. You just watched the, we'll call it mid season finale. Oh, okay. And a lot of different. Networks well, then I don't have a, I don't have a problem if that's the the case. Yes, but that you is didn't the case. know it, and so you think no. you're seeing the end. The same thing happened to me with Ozark. Right, I didn't know there was a second half, and I thought I was seeing some kind of weird Sopranos ending to the show. Yeah, that, that's exactly the feeling, and uh, 
I was like, why are they doing this? I mean, John told, thank God, because I said, man, what a lame ending. I was like cursing out somebody named the Duffer Brothers <laughs> at every episode presented by the Duffer Brothers. I'm like, fuck you, brothers. You never want to meet the Duffer Brothers now. All these fucking brothers who direct together. Thank God I never had a brother. I'd be sitting here with him on the radio. He'd be nudging the fuck out of me. I mean, what? And by the way, what's going what on? What do they do that, as co-directors? I don't know, but what's going on that none of these guys can direct on their own? Let me tell you, I made a movie called Private Parts. Betty Thomas, a woman, was the director. She didn't bring her sister to the set to ask her opinion. She had a sister named uh, uh, Gertrude, I believe. Gertrude Thomas. And uh, uh, I Hildegard. never saw Gert- Hildegard. Hildegard. Hildegard Thomas. I never saw Hildegard <laughs> come in and go, uh, Betty, I think uh, maybe you ought to u- use the crane shot here. I mean, or what's is with these one guys? directing one half of the movie and one directs the other half of the movie? Do some do the action scenes and other do the location scenes? What are they doing? I remember the Farrelly brothers, and I went, okay, that was original. Two brothers, uh, you know, uh, directing, but now and everybody's. Then there was the Wachowski brothers who became the Wachowski sisters. They're now the Wachowski. I can't believe. I didn't know this, by the way. I brought them up. This I said, well, now you have one sister. And a brother, it's a sister brother. And they go, someone said, "No, they're both girls now." <laughs> I go, "Are you kidding me?" I had no idea. La- wasn't it Larry Wachowski became a girl and became Lana? Yes. And and then now I guess both of these the dude former dudes show up as ladies on the set. That's right. Yeah, I mean that's amazing. I mean, what are the odds of two brothers becoming ladies? Everyone is trans I, I don't now. know. I don't think they're the statisticians are their heads are so swirling. Wow. Maybe the Duffer brothers will become the Duffer sisters. <laughs> but uh whatever, I don't care, as you know. I'm I'm all for whatever you want to be, but they got the uh Cohen brothers, I remember them, Farrelly yeah. brothers, then there was uh, the Safty brothers, the Zucker brothers. There's other brothers. The, wasn't uh, David Letterman directed by the Radical Brother? Radical, Radical, Radical Media. Something. Radical are they brothers. real brothers? Or, or I don't is know. That, uh, I think I made that. I up. don't know what that is. Then there were, you know, the first brothers were Warner Brothers. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> Those two idiots who uh, went on to build an empire. The Warner Brothers, and they don't forget the Marx Brothers. People, people try to forget the Warner Brothers. You know, right. People forgot have forgotten about Warner Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> I hate those. I hate brothers who write. <gasps> Mo and Curly were brothers. People were shocked by that. I don't mind brother performers, but brother directors? Is it really that complex? You need your brother? I mean, come on. <laughs> no. Yeah. Ron Howard had a brother. He didn't start directing with him. No. He told his brother, fuck you. <laughs> you never, ever hear from Quentin Tarantino's brother. He knows to keep his mouth shut. Jedediah Tarantino. I remember I saw him interviewed. I believe he's a janitor. <laughs> he knew. Stay out of the family business. Well, uh, yeah. I wa- I'm, in, I'm in the middle of watching James Bond. They're putting, they put that the, on. The new one, yeah. The new one. They put it on 
Everyone goes, free James Bond. I go, free James Bond. It's not free. I Amazon Prime has it. You got to pay for that. Is it? But, uh, well, yeah. I think you pay. I mean, some, you must pay something for it. If it, oh, I don't know. By the way, Stranger Prime. Things. Prime is not just showing it to you? Yeah, I don't. Well, anyway, yeah, it's free. In other words, if you have Amazon Prime. But, right. You, you know, I have that. So I'm watching James Bond. I like and, that. Um, I thought it was Yeah, good. it's good. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, that's a good recommendation. Have you figured out which Spider-Man to watch? <laughs> oh my God. I watched Spider-Man. Yeah, I did. I watched Spider-Man, uh, No Way Home or whatever it is. The one multiverse. Far from what? Home. No, far. You no, see? no, I don't know. Far no from way home. home. <laughs> no, far from home was the one before it. No okay. way home. <laughs> I finally figured it out. I watched No Way Home. I, I tell you what a piece of garbage that thing was. I you didn't like it. it? No, I'm done. I'm done with oh, Spider-Man. Wow. First of all, they got to start, you know, there's got, there's got to be a reason for being, it's cool to be Spider-Man. This fucking Spider-Man is such a douche. This kid, I don't know his name, but he's a fucking moron. He can't do anything right. Can't protect anybody. He's a fucking moron. Tony Stark gives him glasses and he fucking gives them away first. Like, I don't want these glasses. I'm not worthy. You fucking pussy. When was Spider-Man? I used to read every Spider-Man comic. And yeah, Spider-Man was always like, you know, in fights and confused. And he had, a, you know, but I don't know. I don't feel any heart with this. It's just constant fighting. And the, and by the way, the effects and everything are fabulous. Uh, Doctor Strange is played very well by... Um, Whatever he, his name is, Cumberbatch. Benedict Cumberbatch, <laughs> <laughs> douchebag he is. And then it's like, um, this Tom Holland, he's got like the hottest chick Zendaya, and he's like such a puss with her. I mean, Jesus Christ! I mean, there's no romance between the two of them. It's like, what good is being Spider Man? She finds out who Spider Man is, and you think she'd fuck his brains out, or like just like it would just be so hot. Instead, it's like, oh, yeah, you're Spider-Man. Yeah, and it's fat, douchey friend is, is another annoying human being. And I don't know. I'm just not can digging it. Can you explain it. something to me? And, and, uh, and, and Can we talk about what's in Spider-Man? Has that been out long enough for me to talk well, about an element? Maybe you better not. But go ahead. Who cares a shit? Turn off your radio if you're that much of a dick. <laughs> go ahead. Well, okay, so Tobey Maguire shows up, right? Right. Yeah, who, who, by the way, I mean, all right, never mind. Go ahead, yeah. Okay. Toby Maguire right. shows up. Whatever. Yeah. But he can shoot webs out of his wrist. Right. Right. They have to have some kind of, the other guys right. have to have a special device. Yeah. yeah, like why? What does that mean? Yeah, what is, that's right. What does that mean? <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't mean anything. It means it's ridiculous. Are, are there now several Spider-Man? I, see, this is the thing. There's more than one Spider-Man. It's multi. In other words, in every universe, there's a Spider-Man, and some of okay. them can shoot shoot goo out of their hands, and the other ones have to make it. But why? Why would they not have been bitten by a spider too? Or they were they been. bitten by a spider? They were bitten by a spider, but they didn't well, get that where's power. Where's their goo? <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Originally, Spider-Man always shot his. Oh no, no, the original Spider-Man made it in a lab. The goo. He made and the goo in a lab. 
Yeah, he was a science nerd, and he was very bright. Right. And so he used to make a goo for a spider web. And then one of the movies, they went ahead and gave Spider-Man the ability to shoot his own goo out of his out of his arm. Oh. And so it it got confusing. So in the comic book that I read, Peter Parker had to build his own web shooters, and and, that, and he was able to do that because he was a brilliant scientist. Right. But but so what abilities did the spider give him? The ability to. Super strength, you know, like eight times his body weight strength. Uh-huh. Gave him the ability to, uh, you know, how he sticks to things. He could walk on ceilings right. and all that shit. Right. Um, yeah, that's it, that's I guess. It? I don't know, but when he <laughs> sometimes he gets shot and he's all fucked up. And if he gets shot in this thing, it makes no difference. I don't know. And then he has spidey <laughs> sense, spidey sense. He can tell when shit's happening. He can also move super fast. Because when people throw punches at him, he can dodge them. Okay. But I don't see any spidey sense being demonstrated. No. What most is times Tom it doesn't Holland work. figuring out? Yeah. Nothing. Most times, the, you know, no, most times it doesn't even work. Oh, it doesn't? <laughs> yeah. In the movie. I don't, the movie's stupid. <laughs> and, you know, you need to have a love story, a little bit of a connection, a little bit of humanity in these stories. He's just constantly getting his ass kicked. There's never a scene where you go, Gee, it must be great to be Spider-Man because, like, you're the hero and you can save people and you can kick some ass. Everyone in that universe seems to have better powers than Spider-Man. I know. All the villains are have really cool stuff. Yeah. They can do stuff and seem smarter. Yeah. Way smarter and way more motivated to get the job done. Yeah, they like the job. In, in uh, Far From Home, they had um, Jake Gyllenhaal. Not only was good looking, but had the ability to create illusions and f- make you think you were. He he should have killed Spider Man. I wish he had. Should have sit through Spider Man. Yeah, he should have <laughs> just killed him. <laughs> but in terms of what his powers are, remember the song, Spider Man. Spider Man does whatever a spider can. There it is. That's the explanation. Whatever a spider okay. can do, Spider Man can do. Uh, hey, Wolfie, what up? I don't think Robin even watched the movie. The Spidey sense is in every single film. I, I don't understand. Yeah, but it never this. works. He it always goes. It never works. That's what I'm saying. He doesn't. Where's your Peter out. sense? They go. They go. Where's your Peter tingle? And he goes, uh, I don't know. Like, it's not that, even working. No, he, he uses that every time someone shoots at him or, or someone tries to stab him. The Spidey sense yeah, but is sometimes, what saves him. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes he's like, they go, where's your Spidey sense? He goes, I don't know. But that that's directly from the comic books. That happens at times in the comics, too. The source no, I didn't material. remember that. Not that the comics I read. His Spidey it, sense always tangled. No, 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 no. It, it Believe me, it happens in the comics as well. Nah, they, they, nobody they read more Spider-Man the... than me. You don't know what you're talking about. Get out of here, Wolfie. <laughs> Did Robin it, watch the movie? How would I know about the webs, wacko? Wolfie's wearing a Spider-Man shirt here. today. Oh, wow. Way. Look at that. But yeah. you acted like you didn't even know the difference that in, in one film he had web shooters and the other it came out of his wrist. It's like 
that it, it's it's the prime material of, of both look comics. i don't i don't pour over comic books i have other things to do <laughs> so i just i watch these movies i don't study them right okay robin fasts what do you know about fasting <laughs> that is true you think you think fasting is just not eating you don't know anything get out of here i'll, I'll shut up i'm stupid by the way you look very cute in your spider get out of here I didn't even. Good pickup. He's wearing Spider Man, a Spider Man shirt. Well, look at Wolfie's room. He has more toys behind him than I ever had as a kid. <laughs> look at look at that. I know it really is. I thought that was one of his children's rooms. I was hoping it was one of his children's no. rooms. That's his office. Mm hmm. Let's say good morning to a couple of people. By the way, for those of you who are fans of Post Malone, and I know there are many of you, uh, he'll be on the show today later on. Lisa. Looking forward to getting to know him. Good morning. Me too. Hey Lisa, now. go ahead. Hey now. You're on in, Lisa, you're on in California. Yes, I am. Laguna Beach, to be specific. Anyway, hey now. I love you, Howard. Love you to death, and I love you too, Robin. Thank I you. Just, Thank uh, you. Yeah, I just wanted to um, mention, you know, when you had Cheryl Crow and Post, oh no, Post Malone, so excited for him, um, Billy Corgan on in studio, shortly after I was able to see them live at a, um, a, a festival in Redondo Beach, and on that same bill was uh, Stone Temple Pilot, and they brought on this new lead singer, his name is Jeff Gutz, and he has resurrected the band, he's incredible, just thought you might want to know that, I thought you... Uh, you were wondering about STP and yeah. what, you know what they were up to. So yeah, he's really really good. It's like another. I don't know. Crazy. You know, uh, I love uh, Stone Temple Pilots and I love those uh, brothers in the band and all that stuff. But mm -hmm. uh, you know, you don't have Scott Weiland. It's tough, and I, I feel for these guys because they're great musicians. But um, you know, aside from Van Halen, when David Lee Roth left, and you had. Um, you know, Sammy Sam. come in, and Sammy was able to even make the band bigger. Bigger and, in my opinion, better. Um, Not better. I shouldn't say that. David's great. But, you know, it's... Uh, what's in what's other words, great about it is there are two eras of Van Halen. Yeah. And you don't have one that sucks. Right. It's a pretty amazing accomplishment. Yeah. But I feel for... Like, look at Queen. I mean, they now have Adam yeah. Lambert. Right. And uh, he does a great job, Adam Lambert. He's a showman, but, it, you know, you're not seeing Freddie Mercury. That's not Freddie Mercury. No, he's the kid from no. American Idol, and uh, which is fine. But it's hard for me to get behind that. The the And the Stone Temple Pilots, same thing. I'm sure the guy sings the songs really well. But the, the thing of it is, they'd have to come up with new material in order to re reinvent the uh, band. But... Uh, Jeff Gutt is the guy's name. Mm -hmm. He was discovered on the X Factor, and then he joined Stone Temple Pilots in 2016. Hmm. And a lot of these yeah. shows now are, uh, you know, Adam Lambert is from uh, American Idol, X Factor, another one of these shows, and mm -hmm. good for him, and I hope those guys have success. Those songs are great. It's great to see him done live, and I'm sure the guy can sing his ass off, but... Uh, mm -hmm. But does he do a a, a a Scott Weiland impression, or is he just trying to do another kind of front man? What is he doing? Uh, no. Yeah, he's doing his own thing. He's just really solid. He's in his 40s. He's not, like, young. So right. he just gets really well. I mean, if you ever get them in a studio, I think you'd be really pleasantly surprised. 
Oh. Well, all right. Thank you, Lisa. Yeah. There you go. Lisa says the new Stone, Stone Temple pilots are really good. I haven't seen them, so I don't know. But uh, it's, the, it's Scott Weiland, hard, a hard act to replace. That dude was some fucking showman. We had him in the studio many times. Sweet, sweetheart of a guy. Oh, my God. What a sweet guy. Too bad he couldn't figure out the drug thing. He didn't. He didn't figure it out in time. Two things happen with drug addicts. They either grow out of it, you know, they get older and they finally go, what the fuck am I doing? Or they die young. And uh, Scott Weiland died young. Sad. Fucking drugs. I see they're trying to do something about the guns. They got a little little thing happening where they're going to do some uh, universal background checks. A couple of other things. People say, what is with the guns? You know, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm a gun owner. I, I, um, the thing with guns is this. Let me explain it. The thing with guns is, um, you know, for pussies like me, I'm a pussy. I can't fight. But if you have a gun, you feel like you got a shot at protecting your home and protecting your family because the police can't be with you all the time. And let's say you're a young woman who has a job. You have to come home when it's dark outside. You live in a rough neighborhood. If you could carry something in your purse that'll equalize the fight, then uh, that's why you want a gun. That's it. Because people always say, well, what's with these people who all want guns? They want guns because they need a sense of security. Whether it's false or not, you know, look, most people are not quick on the drawer. They don't know how sure. to handle a gun. <laughs> They're not quick, quick on, on the, the draw. <laughs> quick, on, quick on the draw. You said drawer. I'm sorry. I'm tired and I'm having a, actually having a problem with my throat, but, huh. uh, my mouth. But, uh, people, you know, you got to be able to draw your weapon before some asshole pulls out a knife and stabs you in the head. And then you got to be the one to make the decision. Jeez, is this guy attacking me or is he just coming up to say hello? What am I, you know, I don't want to go to jail myself for defending myself. That's a lot but, of thinking, Howard. There's a lot of thinking involved. Now, the shitheads who go and get a gun and shoot up a school, that's the other problem. When they go in, they know what they're going to do. Even if you arm a teacher. And let's say he's trained in firearms. And when I say trained, you got to go to the, you got to go to the range at least two times a week and practice your draw and every practice week? every week. Wow. You, it is a skill and it is a skill you can lose. It's a diminishing skill. If you don't practice every week, you should go fuck yourself. Because you're never going to be able to pull your gun fast enough to kill a marauder who is in the middle yeah, of well, um, uh, even some crazed then, attack. The trauma that occurs when somebody walks into a room full of kids to kill you and the kids, that's traumatic. Not only is it traumatic, Robin, you're right. But it's also, you've got to have the wherewithal. You know, when somebody walks in to shoot up the room, you don't know right away what he's doing. You, you might, might be some kid in a Halloween costume. You don't know what the fuck is going on. So a teacher's got to make a snap decision and go, hmm, here's a, you know, within three seconds. And now pull out a gun. profilers and sharpshooters. Right. And pull out a gun in the middle of a room of uh, four-year-olds, you know, or 12-year-olds or, or whatever it is. It's not going to happen. When Donald Trump gets up and says the solution to school shootings is teachers should carry guns, 
I wouldn't want a teacher carrying a gun around my kid unless he was so trained. If the teacher could pass the FBI instructor's test, which is to me one of the, and forget the police officer's test to fire a gun. It's the easiest test in the world. You could pass it. <coughs> Excuse me. As I said, I'm having a problem. But, um, the police, forget the police. I'm talking about everyone would have to pass the teacher. The FBI instructor's test. The test is a series of um, exercises you have to do with a weapon. That is, um, you know, it would. I would say you're an expert. You can pass that. You're an expert. That means you're. Have I you would trust it? you. Have I? The ins- FBI instructor? No. Oh, nope. Okay. No, I haven't. Nope. I passed the FBI test, not the FBI instructor test. Oh, okay. And let me tell you, the FBI test is not easy. Um, not easy. It's a difficult test. And, um, and unfortunately, even with our own police departments, there's no money for bullets. So they don't get to go to the range once a week. They give them a test once a year. And now they get to go to the range. Practice? Oh my God. And it's very expensive to practice. You gotta, you gotta have money. You gotta buy bullets. You gotta, you know, th- this is, Can uh, practice bullets that are Practice cheaper? bullets don't work. They don't. You gotta feel, because in order to fire a gun, you gotta be able to feel mm. the, the kick from the gun. And you gotta, most people limp wrist. They can't hold it properly. They most police are taught to hold the gun improperly. Um, what? it's, yeah. The, the grip they use, very old-fashioned. Listen, it's a complicated issue, but what, what it is with guns is that especially um, there's more and more women uh, buying guns now. And the reason they're buying them is they know they would be overpowered in certain situations. And so it gives them a sense of security. Now, the problem we have in this country is we've got lunatics running around shooting up schools and, and going into public areas and Taking these AR-15s, which, by the way, is probably the best home defense rifle on the planet, believe it or not. But unfortunately, these in the wrong hands, these guys are shooting up our children and others, not just kids. So we got a real problem, and there's got to be laws. Unfortunately, for those of you who are protecting your homes, protecting your families with guns, you got a bunch of wackos who are using them for uh, bad, and they and we can't defend against it. So <clears throat> there's got to be laws. You got to accept it. There, that was the most uh, poignant thing I thought that uh, Matthew Conaghy said when he was on Capitol Hill. Yeah. That you know the Second Amendment is being held hostage by the evildoers, the people who go out and shoot up schools and do all these things. Yeah. The law-abiding citizen doesn't have a problem it's these people who continually break the law and harm masses of people who are causing the problem yep yeah i was proud of matthew i thought um, what he had to say was good you know um most people sit back and do nothing he put himself on the line and went out there and spoke but you know look in a perfect world, you'd be able to have a Second Amendment. I understand the Second Amendment. 
When you see governments that are out of control around the world, the people are not armed and they can't take on their own government who is out of control. But um, we do have a problem in this country, so you got to get over it. Now, in New York, Governor Cuomo put in a law years ago that uh, changed the AR-15. And basically, uh, you can still buy an AR-15, but it's it's barely an AR-15. I finally understood what you said, what you meant when you said gay R. Gay R. Gay R. Because they stripped it out of uh, all the power out of it. Yeah, yeah. It was a derogatory statement against gay people, but it was like, yeah. Right. I know a lot of military guys. I don't understand. And then when I realized it doesn't do what a real AR-15 can do. That's it. That's when I understood. It's It's a dumbed down version of an AR. Okay. And, uh, it's not, it's, it's still a very usable rifle. It's got a good scope on it and it, it works, but, uh, it's got limited, uh, magazine. It's got, um, the construction of it limits the way you fire it. And, uh, it's been very effective. This AR 15, unfortunately, cannot be put into the hands of these, uh, madmen. They're just, it's too powerful a weapon. But we got a problem. But, uh, you know, if you think you don't understand gun culture, well, you should think again, because uh, there is a reason for a gun, especially someone who's uh, sitting there in their house and they have no police protection. They don't have private security. You know, they're not wealthy people. And uh, there's all kinds of crazy situations that arise. Well, but, you know, uh, when you were describing why people... Would want to care. I was. I've lived in all those situations. <laughs> well, you're lucky. <laughs> you, know. you know, not safe neighborhoods, marauders running around all over the place, working at night and having to walk to a car, all that stuff. Well, let's say you know you were lucky, but let's say you're a woman walking to her car and you get raped. Um, if you thought that by carrying a gun and becoming proficient with it, you could have shot your rapist in the fucking head. You know, that well, is again, a level I of security. I know what people do in emergency situations. I worked in emergency situations all the time. They freeze. They don't go that way. I know. They freeze. They do. Yeah. I was once watching a, a video. There was a guy. There was a guy walked up to a guy on the street. He put a gun to the guy's head. Pulled the trigger. The gun jammed. Why did it jam? Because the douchebag didn't know how to work the gun. And the gun was, um, the guy was limp-wristed. By, by limp-wristed, I mean he wasn't holding the gun properly. Uh-huh. So the guy had a gun, a, a gun that was jammed. He was trying to shoot this guy in the head. The guy who was going to be shot in the head stood there, waited for the guy to manipulate his gun to get it, you know, to, and, and, uh, and then he shot the guy in the head. So you're right. All that guy had to do was run. Yeah. The gun didn't work, but he froze. He froze like a deer in the headlights. So that's why in schools, the idea that you're going to arm a teacher is so naive. It's so ridiculous because the teacher's going to freeze too. He's around children. He's not going to want to pull a gun out and he's not, he's not going to be able to assess the situation quick enough. The attacker always has the advantage. You know, even people, a knife versus a gun. When a guy has a knife and he's about uh, 15 feet away from you, he can pounce on you before you can get that gun out of your fucking jacket. Uh, because he knows he's going to kill you. Unless your teacher's Rambo, 
I don't think it's going to work. So we got to do something. And uh, that's that. Let's go to Paul. You're on the air. Paul in New York. Hey, now. Hey, Howard. Hey, hey Robin. Hey, Fred. Hey, now. Hey, thank you for taking my call. Um, you know, I'm a, I've been a teacher for 20 years in the middle school. And I'm from Buffalo, New York, and we've experienced our own tragedies here. And, you know, I just want to say thank you for the support uh, from all of you. Uh, it's been really a tough past couple of years being a teacher. And mm-hmm. I couldn't agree with you more. You know, uh, I, I couldn't imagine myself having that either arm myself or having someone in my building armed and then knowing the student that possibly coming in with a gun, having to take down a student that, you know, you know, I don't think people realize the connection we make with these kids and then having to take one of their lives if in, in that situation. So, you know, I just want to say thank you for everything you do. Uh, first time, long time. I've been listening to you for over 20 years now. Well, most people yeah. think it's going to be like the movies. In other words, yeah. you'll be, it'll be announced. There's a there's a school shooter coming into your room. Get ready. And then he's going to get himself ready, all set up, and then he's going to shoot the guy. It doesn't work like that. The guy comes powering in and starts shooting up the fucking room. I mean, uh, yeah. all right, Paul. Thank yeah. you. It's it's yeah. sad. I mean, you you got to make you. these rules because we got lunatics out there. Yes, David, in uh, South Carolina. Hey, Howard. Uh, Robin, thanks for taking my calls. I'm a law enforcement for over 10 years prior military prior to that, and I'm a firearms instructor for law enforcement. And I just kind of wanted to give it a take. I do think that you are uh, very eloquent with uh, your description of how you see the Second Amendment, and, and I do appreciate that. And that's something I always say to people that they have to be able to protect themselves because as a law enforcement officer, we're not just sitting outside of your homes all the time. Uh, We, we, you know, I always say when seconds matter, we're minutes away. So uh, we, you know, we'll get there just in time to find your body. So you got to be able to defend yourself. So that, you know, that is the importance of the second amendment as you clarified. Um, Another thing is people, there's this misnomer that people think that law enforcement officers are highly trained and are skilled in every firearm and and stuff out there. And I can tell you exactly like you were talking about earlier, uh, with most law enforcement officers only shoot maybe once or twice a year to qualify. And that's it. That's right. Um, They, they don't, uh, they don't shoot that often. And in fact, the, the people that are pro second amendment types, uh, they train and practice a lot more than most law enforcement officers. ever do. Absolutely. And uh, um, I think let me tell you, a, um, uh, yeah, listen, I have gone to a range with many police officers and this is no knock against cops. It's it's just the truth. They don't have the money to shoot all the time. You watch them out there with their gun. They exactly. have a really hard time with it. A lot of them don't know how to manipulate the weapon or hold the weapon. And Absolutely. they, uh, and, and they and can't and they can't hit. They can't hit the target. So, um, you know, there's, a, a, there's a real problem we see it all the time. And we work with them because you're you're absolutely right there. There's a lot of people that are caught in the old ways of shooting, the old styles, uh, and we are trying to bring them up to, you know, the future, to the current state of of what we know about firearms technology and how to properly shoot. But that's a process, and it takes time, and it takes a lot of money, which a lot of departments, unfortunately, don't have, don't have the ability to do so. Uh, right. Because no, it's really too expensive. expensive. Too expensive. Correct. That's it. All right. Um, Thanks, David. Bye. Yep. There you go. That guy summed it all up. You know, the one thing we don't seem to be able to take care of is people. 30% of uh, U.S. adults own a gun. And I would guess, now this is just a guess on my part, I would say under 1% of them can actually shoot the fucking thing properly.
But my point is that really there's there's obviously a huge problem in our society and nobody wants to try to address that. They put a little something in the bill about beefing up, uh, you know, psychological something or other, you know, assistance or what. But you got to go ask for that, you know, like and most of the people who are having these issues, they don't ask for help. They don't let anybody know they're even struggling. Yeah, well, anyway, that's that. And so, that's the uh, real problem, because they'll find ways to kill people, even without guns, when they want to do it. And they aren't going to go the legal way to get the gun. I didn't watch the Tony Awards, but... um. Well, let me tell you something, Howard. You watched it? I watched 10 seconds of the Tony Awards. That's all you can take. Uh, all I know is, you know, Bob Dylan has won Nobel Prizes, <laughs> you know, whatever he could win for, you know, writing these amazing songs. And last night I find, found out how you could make them terrible. There is a Broadway show based on Bob Dylan's songs. Yeah. And they're singing them in that Broadway way. I, I... <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, this is terrible. Well, I didn't watch it, so I can't comment much, but I've seen other Tony Awards, and it's a fucking brutal show. Uh, I I mean, it is tough to watch. And, uh, well, if I'll you've tell ever you, heard, like, a Rolling Stones song, like a Broadway sh- song? No, no, I'd oh like to get a copy God. of that. But we could goof <laughs> it on it. amazing. I mean, um... People ask me, too, am I watching that, uh, you know, the January 6th committee? And I'm going to be honest with you. No, I'm not, because I have already made up my mind. I I saw enough. I saw I saw enough. I saw it on I saw TV live. Enough yeah, I saw it on TV. I saw what happened. I've seen enough of that. I saw what the president said. I saw what the reaction was. I've seen him. I've heard him on tape screaming at some guy to find more uh, votes, no matter what. Just get me 11,000 more. But I've seen all the evidence. I'm not the guy who needs to watch it. These kooks who think nothing happened, that there was a bunch of tourists hanging out there. All I know is there's a a dead police officer as a result of that fucking insurrection. And uh, it was a bunch of traitors, and they should all be in jail. I mean, the, the greatest thing about this country is we have free elections. I don't always agree with who wins, but I love that there's a free election and a transfer of power that's done elegantly. I remember uh, Obama, he graciously met with Donald Trump, and Donald Trump appreciated it when they transferred power. And when George Bush met with uh, Obama, when he came into office, it was almost a very beautiful thing. It's the most beautiful thing about this country is that transfer of power. But you notice Trump didn't do that. He didn't do any of those things when it was his turn to do them because he could only accept graciousness uh, uh, extended to him. He has no graciousness. But I saw that the primetime audience was about 20 million people. Uh, over 15 million of the viewers were 55 or older because most people don't give a shit. Now, I don't give a shit because I already know what's going on. I know who should be in jail and I know who broke the law and I know who created, who, who, who practiced treason that day against this country. If you say, if you see somebody trying to fix an election, that's considered the worst thing you could do in our country. But not if you but, want it to go uh, your way no matter what. And that's right. what 
A lot of know. people, they didn't like it and they want it to go their way anyway. And they'll lie and say whatever they think can get them there. But uh, it was crazy. And uh, anyway, I, I don't know. It, the, OJ weighed in. OJ's now talking about it. Well, that's the best analysis I think we could have of this whole thing. Something really ridiculous. OJ's just okay. an idiot. OJ's a moron. <laughs> and I, I don't know why he doesn't keep his mouth shut. This motherfucker got away with you know what. Uh, the guy's lucky he's not in jail for life. And, uh, you know, he's got a Twitter and he's having a great life. And now he's way, I mean, you, you know, this, this thing drips with hypocrisy. Listen to this fucking guy. Hey, Twitter world, it's me, yours truly, just kicking back on my couch, getting ready to watch this January 6th hearings. Uh, uh, I just got off the phone with one of my main golf buddies and he's an older guy. And, um, um, he says he's not going to watch. Uh, he says, it's a movie. They got a movie producer. I said, man, who told you that crap? That's your problem. You don't listen. You don't look at the w the other side. You got to look at it all before you can debate this stuff. And for you not to watch, if you don't watch, you can never talk to me about this subject. You're like those German citizens that lived in those towns near Dachau and all of those different um uh, uh, concentration camps when the American soldiers came through, those people claimed they didn't know what was going on. They didn't see it. They had their heads in the sand. Oh my God, heads in the sand. I know I watched the trial and gee, that was a kooky trial for sure. I did watch every minute of it though. You got to look at both sides, the murderer and the victim. <laughs> I mean, I, I agree to that. Wow. You got to look at both sides. You know. I loved it when I saw video of some of them uh, American generals making them dig the graves for it. You can't talk about this subject unless you watch. I'm there you go. Thank you. I think you can talk about it without watching that. I've watched it already. Yeah, we actually saw it. We don't have to hear people talk about it and tell us what happened. Yeah, anyway, um, I'll save you the time. Everything you need to know was said by a, a former a t former attorney general, uh, Bill Barr. Yes. Um, here's what he said. Bullshit. Yeah. They asked him um, when uh, Trump told you there was election fraud. You said what? Bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Bullshit. Bullshit. Finally, found some backbone. Here's Barr's statement. I made it clear I did not agree with the idea of saying the election was stolen and putting out this stuff, which I told the president was bullshit. You can't live in a world where where the incumbent administration stays in power based on its view, unsupported by specific evidence, that the election that there was fraud in the election. And when Trump uh, hired this guy to be the attorney general, he said, this guy has been my first choice since day one. There's no one more capable or qualified. He demonstrates an unwavering adherence to the rule of law, Bill Barr. And then after last night, Trump called Barr weak and frightened and a coward and stupid. Yes, so, I mean, they, they, I mean, I mean, this is cuckoo talk. And they will turn on Bill Barr as if they never liked him. He even attacked uh, Ivanka. Backers, yeah. He even attacked Ivanka. Ivanka came on and said, "Yeah, I knew it was all bullshit too." And uh, he, After he goes, "My Bill daughter." Barr told her, "Yeah, she says, yeah. well, I guess it is bullshit." How did that affect your perspective about the election when Attorney General Barr made that statement? 
it affected my perspective. Um, I respect Attorney General Barr. Um, so I accepted what he said, was saying. Yeah, and uh, so so Trump tweeted out that uh, Ivanka was checked out. She wasn't checked involved. Out. Yeah, she was. In other words, she she didn't know anything about the counting of the uh, votes and all this stuff. Uh, so don't listen to her. Basically, he turned on her. Well, what's funny to me is that you know Ivanka was always the person he pulled out to say he was pro female. Yeah, until... He just dismissed her because she's a woman. <laughs> yeah, checked out. I mean, um, I think Trump would turn on his own kids if, uh, oh, for you, know, sure. you know, do you remember when they were here and you asked them, is there any way to lose your father's love? Do you know that there's any way to lose your father's love? And they said, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, you got to be loyal. You following. Uh, oh, yeah. So anyway, the Tony Awards, I didn't watch them. Uh, but, uh, you know, look, I don't think anybody watches them either. I, that's another thing. I mean, is there I anybody left who cares who about that? I think the people who are in the Tonys watch them. That's it. Well, I that guess there's a lot of people. you're watching on TV is the only one watching. Oh, good. Look who it is. It's Liza Minnelli who wants to comment oh on the Tony Awards. Hi, Liza. How are you? It's so good to see you. God, I haven't seen you in ages. Like, when was it? I, th- I think it was, I think we were at Chasen's in Los Angeles. You had the chili. Really? Right? Yeah, Wasn't that yeah. the last time Liza, I saw you? Liza, we actually have never met, but, uh, you know, I, you I crazy? just want to... Of course we have. You're my, you're my best friend in the whole world. I love you so much. Do you, is your, you know, you are an EGOT. You are what they call an EGOT. Is that correct? I, I am an EGOT. Yes, I am. E G O T. I can spell it. Yeah. <laughs> you like to spell and, in your songs when you sing, yeah. yeah. I do like to spell. Liza with the Z. Yes, you do. Good for you, Robin. You're adorable. <laughs> she knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. So, so, so EGOT. EGOT means you've won the Emmy, the Grammy, the Oscar, and the Tony. And the Tony, yeah. Yeah, I got and, them all. Uh, you got them all. And I was saying that, uh, you know, the, 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 that's a very small club of people who have that, 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 that incredible amount of uh, awards. And well, it's, it's quite getting bigger. Couple. It's getting a lot bigger. Jennifer, that wonderful, talented singer, actress, and Academy Award winner, um, Jennifer Hodg- Hodgkins, right? That's her name. She won last Hudson, night. She got a Hudson. Line. H- Hudson. H- well, whatever her name is, she <laughs> got a Tony last night. So she is the newest egot. She know? is wow. Egot. Right. And and by the way, everyone know who. I mean, everyone knows you. But for those the three people who don't, your signature song is. New York, New York, the theme from New York, New, New York, right? New York, New York, you know, and it's a terrific song. Even if my, even if my uncle Frank Sinatra sort of usurped it, but I love the song so much. You know, it's from a movie. You know, it's from I a, didn't know Marty. I didn't know. Mar- yeah, it's from the movie New York, New York. Marty Scorsese wow. directed it. <laughs> See, people don't know I'm a serious actress. Yeah, so I, I know that. I know you're a serious yeah, actress. Bobby De Niro you... was in the movie too. That's well, right. We'd all go right. out for cannolis after, after a hard day on the set. It was fabulous working with them. You know, people don't realize I, I wanted to be in a lot of great movies. I came you know, close. A of, you know, a lot of people yeah. used to say, "Well, Liza Minnelli got famous because her mother." 
uh, God rest her soul, your mother, Judy Garland, because Mama. she was fa Mama. Yeah. Mama. She would have been a hundred years old this week. One hundred really? years old. Yeah. Wow. June, yeah. So we celebrate Stonewall. The Stonewall Inn. They put Mama's picture up there. And they soon did. everybody can walk in and kiss Judy and have some Red Bull and vodka. So you, uh, did, did you attend the Tony Awards? Is that why you're here today? I just watch them because I love them so much. I just think they're terrific. You know, I, I'm watching all the dancing and the singing and the love and the Broadway and the Radio City Music Hall. It's just so exciting and beautiful. I love theater. Is I there something you want to say about the theater? Do you want to, do you want to say something about the, 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 the winners or do, do you want to say something? Do you, or with the Bob Dylan musical something? What was your favorite you moment? What, what, yeah. what was it? I just, I, I wanted to be in all those musicals. I miss it. I miss it so much. I mean, I'd love to be in the Bob Dylan musical, you know what I'm saying? Would you, you know what? But go ahead. Go ahead. Do a Bob Dylan song. I'd love to hear you. You're a marvelous singer. You know, forever. Yeah. I mean, just all of it is terrific. And, but, you know, but I don't know what. We're just trying to work the sequins into the whole thing. It's, it's not, not, not anyway. Did but, they uh, ask you to, did they ask you to present the Tony? You looked a little lost at the Oscars. Because they just wheeled me in the wrong direction and put me in the wrong chair. You know, right. but Lady Gaga had my back, and that's always wonderful. See, will the Italians stick together. Will you return to the stage? Will you be going on a Broadway show? Oh, whenever they ask me, I'm there, you know? I'm ready. I, right. I, I, I want to win another Tony. You know, I was the youngest person to win a Tony Award. I was 19 years old. It was a play Let's talk called... about some of the people who were at the Tonys. I only read about this. I did not see it, but I saw that great actor, Hugh Jackman, was there. Do you know him? Oh, I love him so much. He reminds me uh, of my first husband, Peter Allen, because they're both Aussie. He played my first husband, Peter Allen. That's right. On Broadway. Uh, they're terrific. And I love the way he talks, that sexy Australian accent, you know. So you like <laughs> Peter it. Oh, I love him. Yeah. Oh, now, it so turned much. out your, your first husband was gay. but uh, Details, uh, details. Just around the edges, that's all. And what about this beautiful uh, Stephen Sondheim tribute with uh, Bernadette Peters singing? Oh, my God, it made me cry so much. God. Bernadette Peters is gorgeous. She's absolutely gorgeous, isn't she? Yeah, well, beautiful uh, woman, yeah, sure. And yeah. you could have done that. You love Stephen Sondheim. Oh, he's my, he's probably my well, next to Howard, he's probably my best friend in the whole world. <laughs> Listen, would you do a little Sondheim for us? I know people would love to hear it. Let's think of a Sondheim song. Let me think. A Any Sondheim song. song. Oh, I, oh, I'm just a Broadway baby walking <laughs> off my tired feet, pounding Forty Second Street to be in a song. Oh, yeah. Come on. Come on, Howard. Dance. Get up and dance. You had <laughs> a fabulous friend. Tell the kids out there, you were friends with Lady Diana, Princess Diana, right? Yes. She was such a misunderstood girl. We'd have tea and, and vodka and tea, and we just <laughs> talked about our, but like, girl, like regular girlfriends. It was in a palace, but it didn't matter. And, 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 and Halston, the famous designer. Oh, you were yes. friends with Halston, right? Oh, I loved Halston. He gave me my signature look, you know, red and black. That's it. Just red and black. Right. And, and, and Michael Jackson, you were very oh, close with. He was, 
Next to you, Howard, he was probably my best friend oh, in the okay. whole world. All right, listen. The most normal person I've ever met in my life. <laughs> really? I believe that. Yes. Yeah, oh, we used to we... play with Bubbles. Oh, I miss Bubbles so much. Bubbles the chimp. Oh. <laughs> well, now, there was listen. a dancer, Bubbles the chimp. He should be. A, yeah. <laughs> oh, Bubbles really? was very talented. Nobody knew. Were you, were you disappointed that Angela Lansbury wasn't there to accept her Lifetime Achievement Award? Do you know her at all? Oh, I enjoy, she, I look, we're pals, we're just buddies, you know, and I love her so much because she's done so many things. She's done the stage and the screen and the little screen, the television, I call it the little screen, you know, right. and except in that show that she did, Murder, She Wrote, people kept on dying, and I, nobody ever suspected her. I mean, it was obvious to me, but. <laughs> oh, all right, all right, and, uh, and so, so, all right, well, listen, thank you so much for the review and you say it was fabulous. The uh, it was a strange loop one. I haven't seen it, but it sounds like it's going to be about a, maybe a carnival grand. If there's a ride, come on to the strange loop. It sounds exciting, don't you think? You want a to take us out with another song, Liza? Go ahead. Uh, anything oh, you want know. to sing, we'd be see. honored. We had oh oh. Well, we had Michael Jackson because there's a show called Broadway called MJ about right, Michael right. Jackson. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, that, um, oh, do you want to be starting something? Do you want to be starting something? I'm a vegetable. I'm a vegetable. No, you're a vegetable. <laughs> I just love that song. It's about vegetables. It's How many songs can you say are about vegetables? You must have loved the host, Ariana DuBose. I mean, she did an opening number with snippets from different musicals, including Aladdin and Cabaret. Chicago, Dreamgirls, Hairspray, Hamilton, Rent, Wicked. Wow. Oh, I, I would love to hear you do something like that, where you break into different songs. Oh, I can do it in a minute. Okay, Hamilton, you know, uh, uh, I'm not going to give up my shot. I'm not going to, everybody see, I'm not going to give up my <laughs> shot. I don't have my, well, I just, this is exciting. And what else? Oh, my God. She did, um, well, Cabaret, of course, was my big hit. But right. any Broadway Tune. You know what one of my favorite songs is, and it's underappreciated. Howard. It's from the Music Man. Shapoopy, shapoopy, shapoopy. The girl is hard to get. I call it the Shapoopy Challenge. Say that word three times today. Well, you were fab. You know, a lot of people don't realize you were a great dancer. I I believe you're a better dancer than you were even a singer or actress. What do you think of that? Studied. I studied with Fossey. Bobby Fossey. See, people called him Bobby, who knew him well. Oh, yeah, I learned how to do Fossey hands. You know, flex the fingers. It was hard. And and then the tiny little movements, like, like that. Ow, that hurt. Oh, God. It was a little hip movement. Just a little hip movement. Take us out with one of your signature songs from Cabaret. I think that's appropriate. Signature song? I'm trying to think of the fair. Put down the knitting, the book, and the broom. Yeah, it's yeah. time for a holiday. I'll leave her alone. She's... Oh, my. All right. There you go. Always There's Liza. Always with... to Liza. Checking oh, in. My God. Yeah. Isn't that something? The way she sings. Boy, it's such a unique <laughs> style. <laughs> The greatest. Are you following this? Um, I'm not a golfer, as we know. I uh, I can't stand the whole fucking thing. I think it's a huge <laughs> waste of time. But uh, I see here that the Saudi Arabian government that has endless money because they're sitting on oil, not that they know what they're doing with it. I think they need Americans and other countries to mine it for them, however you get it out of the ground. Well, but, they uh, needed the Americans to start the whole industry, and then they uh, took it over. Once it, everything was running. 
but these guys have so much money. They don't share it with anybody. I don't, I think they, they aren't their own people. Like they don't even have anything. I, I'm not sure. There are some countries where the people don't work because the government right? gives them money from the oil industry. And, uh, you know, they bring in people, poor people from other countries to do all of the, I the see. work that needs to be done. So they started a golf tournament. They're trying to compete with the PGA. Yeah, they've created a new uh, association, I guess, and they're going to have tournaments. And they're they're paying. I heard this these crazy numbers paying golfers millions of dollars to join their league or whatever they're calling it. You know what this reminds? First of all, the Saudis are real pieces of shit. You know they killed this uh, guy uh, Khashoggi. He was a journalist, worked for the Washington Post, and uh, they got a hold of him, and they Do killed him. Do you know him. they still have hangings there? Yeah. I and, mean, they, and, and beheadings, and they, po- you know, just like in, if you watch a movie about, a lot of, I don't know what century it was, the 15th, the 14th, the 13th, where, you know, when somebody got you and they cut you or or uh, kill, you know, cut your head off. They post it on a pike. They still do that there today. And the guy who's running everything is the guy who says, yes, I want his head displayed. Well, you know, uh, these guys are real pieces of shit. You could go into how they treat women. You know, they got the women still running around with the fucking robes and the covering the face and all that other horse shit. Well, they can drive now a little bit. You know, there you like, go. They will Way to give go. you a license. You have no place to go because you got to go somewhere with a man all the time. But you get to drive. They, their religion, you know, they, they hate everybody. They hate gay people, Jews, you name it. They got a list, a laundry list of people who are pieces of shit. You know, all based on religion. And um, so they're trying to lure some of the big players into this new golf league called Live. Yeah, and you know it to reminds me their image, Howard. That's what it's all they're going to change their image. Your image will change when you start treating people and you, and you have free elections. Then your image will change. But uh, they're real pieces of shit. And they got a lot of money, so it allows them to be pieces of shit on a big level. Normally, if they didn't have oil there, you wouldn't hear from these guys. You'd never know what they believe. They'd be talking to a sheep and a camel. But uh, they they unfortunately have so much money that they can spread their 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 diseased brain power all over the world. And now they want to start a golf tournament, or not a tournament, a league. And you know, it reminds me of South Africa. Uh, South Africa didn't allow uh, black people. You know, they had apartheid. It was a bad situation, and the world was against it. But every once in a while, they would lure a famous celebrity over to Sun City to perform. They would offer millions of dollars, and, and the performers would accept it. But then everyone started calling them out on it. I forget the uh, list of people. It was years ago, but they went over to... South Africa and perform. They would keep their fingers crossed, hoping the world Nobody wouldn't find out. Because, out. yeah, because you <laughs> back in that those days, and this was like in the seventies, I guess, you'd get a million dollars to perform at Sun City, which was unheard of, or some people more than a million. And you, you know, and people got greedy and they take it, and they were real hypocrites. 
because uh, what they were doing to the South African uh, black population was outrageous. So eventually they shamed everyone into not going over to Sun City. But now the Saudis are offering such ridiculous amounts of money for this new golf league that, like Phil Mickelson, who I don't know from a hole in the wall. Well, you know, he has been, you know, one of the best golfers around for a long, long time. Well, they, they did. They offered $200 million to play in the league. Now, Phil, uh, you know, it, it's a crazy. Again, this is the government that execute, you know, they'll execute people for being gay. And just because you want to, you know, be with another dude, who cares? This is the kind of bullshit they're into. But somehow they think if they have this golf league, everything will be uh, fixed. Now, Phil hasn't spoken publicly since until now. You know, he he had said originally after Khashoggi was killed, they execute people for being gay. After acknowledging that, Phil said he was getting. Let me read his quote. I'm sorry. I'm all over the place. Phil said the Saudis are scary motherfuckers to be involved with. We all know they killed journalist Jamal Khashoggi. They have a horrible human rights record. They execute people for being gay. And after acknowledging that, Phil turned around and said, for 200 million, fuck it. I'm getting in bed with these guys. And now Phil has spoken out about this uh, situation. I guess enough people are asking him about it. And this was well, his I'm first sure press conference. Well, I'm sure he can't conference. get away from the question. <laughs> yeah, getting 200 million. Dan Rowe, BBC News. A few months ago, you were reported as describing uh, the Saudis as scary. What did you mean by that? And if they're that scary, why are you here, given that they're bankrolling this tournament? I don't condone human rights violations at all. I, I, I don't think it, I, I, nobody here does um, any, throughout oh, the yeah, world. They do. And I'm certainly aware of what has happened with Jamal Khashoggi, and it's, I think it's terrible. I've also seen the good that the game of golf has done throughout history. By the way, by terrible, we mean they took this guy and chopped him up. He was unrecognizable. They they lured him into a room and chopped the fucking guy up just for he writing he was some article. To a meeting, and yeah. as soon as he walked in, they started killing him. Yeah, I and no one in this room condones uh, these kinds of things. Well, you do, dude. We're all and against I believe it. <laughs> that live golf is going to do a lot of good for the game as well. But isn't there a danger that you're also being seen as a tool of sports washing, an attempt to try and improve the image of a human rights abusing regime through sport, and that ultimately you could be seen as a Saudi stooge and, and that could tarnish your legacy? Is that, is that you comfortable with that? Yeah. I, I said earlier, I, I don't condone human rights violations. I, I don't know how I can be any more clear. But I'll put up with it for two hundred million. Uh, I know how you could be more clear. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, the Saudis are throwing around insane money. Uh, this guy Dustin Johnson is reportedly being paid one hundred twenty-five million to join the league. Tiger Woods reportedly turned down a high nine-figure deal. I yeah. think nine figures. I'm, I'm listen. I'm no math major, but I think that's like a billion or something. Well, it was. Uh, so they were saying very close to a billion dollars. Yeah. Like I said, I'm not a math major, but I rely on Robin for that. <laughs> Can you imagine? 
I, you know, Tiger can hardly walk. <laughs> Doesn't matter. But I wonder if he could walk. What the decision would be. Uh, I don't know, man. You gotta. You I don't gotta think take... you know because all of these guys are being supposedly thrown out of the PGA, right? For taking these deals. Uh, what is it called? Live? Is that the name of the new golf league? Live live. Live live. <laughs> at a live tournament this weekend, the top twelve finishers made at least five hundred sixty. At at least five hundred sixty thousand. With the winner taking home four million, so they're throwing all kinds of crazy oh, figures yeah. at these yeah. guys, and they um, and they're selling out. I don't know, man. These guys have know. money, Howard. It's I not know. like they're poor. By the way, at a live tournament, do not yell out "Baba Booey" because they'll chop your fucking head off. Right, all that's gone. No more fun like that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> what a laugh what a great laugh i know oh my god um yeah the baba buoys well i should take a break i gotta i gotta stay on schedule believe it or not we actually have a schedule today um let me take a break and we'll come back and i'll tell you about the baba buoys that are going on at golf tournaments but uh, you you agree with me, right? I mean, there's no way you should support this live golf league. I mean, come on. If they're so scary, what are you even doing in a room with them? You yeah. know, like he's saying, I had to go over there to get this $200 million, and that was scary. Yeah. <laughs> Can you guys just mail it to me? <laughs> I, I don't, I mean, come on, man. And what yeah, about Steven. caring about the rest of the world? Yeah, that's this is part of the problem. Hey, Stephen, what's up in New York? I, I got to say, you guys have this one all wrong. I'm sorry. Oh, you you agree? You like the live uh, golf tournament? Well, you, you guys, in all honesty, you're not golf fans, so you can't understand the difference between the two leagues. That's that's a totally separate thing, but you know, I'm not going to say that the Saudi Arabian government is doing the right. You're going to complain that if a, if a Saudi businessman decides to run a golf league, he's in favor of the same thing the government is? That's not really uh, a... Well, the way I understand this, Stephen, you're, you're, you're cutting out, number one. But um, the way I understand it, this is the Saudi government attempting to create a goodwill and a image change. It's not a question of a private businessman trying to get something going. This is the Saudi government saying, hey, we're the good guys. We're fun-loving. Okay. I got you. That may and, very well be the case. But and, the I mean, government... they, they, they don't allow elections there, number one. Okay, you can deal with that. There's plenty of countries on the planet that don't. But they, they, um, they're political adversaries. They kill. They can't take any criticism. They are against gay uh they're against uh jews they're against you know pretty much anyone that doesn't agree with their religion they're anti-woman women are punished for women are punished for driving up until a few you know i mean what are we talking about here i mean well, um, i'm the last guy to support the saudi government but if that's the case why are we buying oil from them 
Well, I think because it's a, a sad reality, we need oil. Well, <laughs> listen, this goes down a rabbit hole, but it's tough to be selectively outraged at a country like that because it's a complicated thing. Well, you don't make this- a... Um, I, well, let me ask you this. You make a good point. Like, maybe there's a, a point to... Maybe the country's got to take a stand and say, why are we buying oil from these guys? I don't say you're... you're I don't think you're wrong about that, to be I'm selectively outraged. Yeah. I'm with you there. However, um, at the end of the day, we're going in one of two directions. I mean, the one thing that Phil Mickelson said that makes a lot of sense is the game of golf is actually something, kind of a unique thing, uh, in that it it brings people together on a level that you would not normally see. So why don't we let it play out and see how it actually no. works? I think is you're wrong golf on this gonna one. Is going to save well, the world? Is it, that what you're it's saying? Happening, <laughs> it's happening whether you like it or not. So you can do one of two things. You can, you can fight it. Or you well, can say, well, let's see how this we goes. Can also I mean, shame, we can also shame Phil Mickelson and, and these other golfers who, by the way, are very wealthy guys. They're not guys who are struggling. Uh, these are not guys who are f- trying to find money to put food on the table. They're all well-paid athletes who make good good livings. You know, at the end of the day, you know, how much money do you need? You know, well, you, listen, you, you, you know what I'm saying? I mean, we all want more money. Don't get me wrong. The billionaire wants uh, 10 billion. You know, he wants to be a trillionaire. You know, I understand the idea of making more. But also, you got to look at where the money's coming from. I uh, listen. I, I have my eyes are wide open. I, I again, I'll revert back to why are we doing business with these people on an oil level, which which makes this look like a speck, a drop in the ocean in terms of money. I mean, mm, no, I don't know. I don't see it look, that way. This stuff always bites us in the ass. Europe decided they were going to accept uh, oil from Russia. Look at the bullshit that's putting everybody through now. You, you, when you dance with the devil, there's a price to pay. And we keep paying it. And you're saying, let's pay it some more. We've been, we've been dancing with the devil for decades. So this is not I understand that. Thing. And I say every time we get bit in the butt. Well, let's talk about the sports level. So the PGA is effectively a monopoly, right? It basically right. runs balls. I know. And I don't like that. I don't like that. Okay, but if so, it was, a, if it was, a, if it was, a, you know, if it wasn't the Saudis, if it was a legitimate sort of, uh, uh, you know, uh, who, who didn't have this moral question mark over their head in such a big way, a country that, in, you know, that basically enslaves its people and, and, and does horrible things to people. If it was a legitimate organization trying to start a new golf league, I got no problem with that. I'd be supportive of that. That's good for golfers and golfers are entertainers and entertainers shouldn't be under a monopoly. I think the NBA is a joke because it's a monopoly. The same with all these sports. Football, these guys have to go by the rules that the owners set up. There's no free market. Both football and basketball went through a similar, let's say, transition years ago. USFL came out. The NFL had to change because of that. And the ABA did the same thing with the NBA. That's right. So the sports goes, they go through these cycles, and maybe this will change the way the PGA does business. I'm not quite sure what their argument is, but... I'm sure there's some weird injustices that happen here, there, and everywhere. But, you know, do you blame these athletes for really taking the money? Yeah, I do. All right. Well, I just like he blamed the entertainers in the second in the Sun City debacle. Yeah, I mean, when when uh, when these rich when these rich musicians 
And I ain't going to name any names because, A, I don't remember any of the names, but I remember they were big names, big names, wealthy entertainers who could perform anywhere, and uh, you know, any given night. They went over to Sun City. They're like, hey, one night I can make a million dollars. You know, I get it. It's very tempting, you know, to be an entertainer and have someone say in, in a night I can make a million dollars for singing a couple of songs. But when you saw what they were doing to black people over in South Africa, it was fucking outrageous. And you had to take a stand. You had to say, yeah, I, I'm not going to take the money. Um, I love money, but I wouldn't take Saudi money to broadcast to, for them. If they said, Howard, we're starting a new service, a new satellite service. Will you come over and we'll give you a billion dollars? I would say no. Of course, listen, that's your choice. But, you know, would you begrudge someone else to take the money? Yeah, I think I would. Uh, well, I think Phil Mickelson. Hey. How much is Phil? Hold on a second. Hold on. I'll make a point. Okay. Hey, Siri. Dude, you're fucking my Siri up. Can you wait a second before you laugh? Hold on a second. Hey, Siri. How much is Phil Mickelson worth? Did you hear that? No. I have to jack it up. $400 million. Listen, I don't know. The dude has $400 million fucking dollars. So I understand $200 million is a lot of money. But for a guy who's worth $400 million in the bank after taxes, he's going to get $200 million. $100 million is going to go to don't know anything about that. No, that is absolutely true. Phil will admit right, don't, it. Don't, don't, I, okay. I didn't say it. I don't know it. I don't know it. True. I dumped it I out. know it. He said something about Phil Mickelson that I don't know about, and because uh, I don't know anything about well, this guy. Well, in the latest article, it's all about that. Okay. I'm just playing it safe. I don't need to fucking hear from but this guy. It's known. It's well known. All right. I got to take a break, Robin. That's well known, too. Everyone <laughs> knows it around this show. I really don't want to talk about this new golf league, but Jerry wants to set me straight. He says, I got it all wrong. Hey, educate me. I don't know. It just seems like a bad scene. I mean, uh, you know, I don't know, Jerry. Hey, Howard, big fan, and I agree with you on 95% of what you talk about in the show, but you're way off here. We sell arms to this government. We buy their hmm. oil. I'm sure your houses are filled with shit from China where they're using slave labor and you can't speak against the government all of a sudden right. these guys want to make money playing golf i mean it's pretty hypocritical maybe you're right maybe i'm seeing it the wrong way i mean i would not be comfortable working for the saudis but maybe you make a point maybe there's a lot of hypocrisy in all of this like why this why golf and then we're selling them weapons and forgiving them I saw Biden's willing to forgive and forget the Khashoggi thing, and maybe you're right. We're buying shit from China. Maybe you're right, man. I don't know. You know what, man? I can't figure all this shit out. I'm too, you know, I sit my, you know what I do all weekend? I sit in my room and I draw up pictures and I write my journal. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I don't know the answer to all this shit. I'm trying to think, but nothing happens. Exactly. Maybe you're right, uh, Jerry. Part, Maybe you know, you're right. Maybe it's all hypocrisy. You guys, you guys whining about, I hear you guys whining about the appearance fees for these golfers and should go to school teachers. But, you know, come on, man. You made hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah, I, know. I, mean, like, I know. I know. Mean, you're right. Like, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're not You're not wrong. You're not wrong. I, I, <laughs> no mas. I got you. 
Maybe uh, this guy Jerry's right. Howard. I mean, I, I was against Sun City. I didn't like when these entertainers went over and supported South Africa and, and, and tried to make everything all right. But I don't know. Jerry says, hey, we're sitting there buying shit from China. They they suppress the vote. They don't let people do anything. But it also causes us problems. You enrich China. And then China, China becomes your your biggest enemy. China. Robin. China. China. Yeah. buying stuff from China this week. Go for it. <laughs> I mean, Not me. I, I buy stuff from man. China. I just bought a ruler from China. Yeah. Look, Thank I got to have my How's Apple phone. Sorry. <laughs> All right, fuck it. Uh, I'm available to play golf for uh, the That's new right. league. <laughs> <laughs> what can I tell you? I don't know. Call me uh, an aging uh, hippie or something. I kind of feel like uh, maybe we should not be supporting this. But, okay, you, you, I can't argue with a lot of your points there, Jerry. I, I, I think sometimes sometimes you got to. Well, the point is, Howard, look, we built the Iranian army. And then what happened? <laughs> right. We helped Afghanistan get out, get, get the Russians out. And then what happened? You know, well, it just our, keeps going and going and going. I guess our intentions were good. But uh, the guy makes a but point. We, too. Were still de- we knew who we were dealing with. You know, we knew the kind of people that were running those countries and what we were holding back by, you know, putting in these puppet governments and so forth. You knew. And then it it just happens anyway. If the Saudis are listening, uh, you can call Jimmy Kimmel. I hit a 300-yard drive once. No bullshit. The fucking pro <laughs> How much is crazy. You give How much? That? How much money could those guys give me for hitting my 300? Yeah, it was unbelievable. <laughs> The, the golf pro, I swear to you, this is a true story. My wife recorded it. The golf <laughs> pro, you just hit that ball about 300. Not, I think he's like 260 or something like that, 270. Well, goes, I don't know never, whether that's good or bad. What did you know? No, I didn't know. I mean, I felt like I connected pretty well, and then we thought it was a fluke. I said, I don't know what I'm doing. You got to do it again, and I did it again, and I was about 10 yards shorter. Oh, my That's God. it. So I'm probably eligible for at least a hundred million. Out you of this should have gone deal. into golf. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wasting my time. Now I went to a golf course after that, thinking I was a natural, <laughs> and I did. I gave it a long fucking drive. The ball. I went, and then we spent an hour and a half on one hole. I couldn't get it in the fucking little <laughs> hole after that. <laughs> Your putting game was got, it was no yeah. good, huh? The guys were calling me unhappy Gilmore. <laughs> I, was, I went from being happy Gilmore to unhappy Gilmore in a matter of an hour. I was like, fuck this game. I'm no natural. But I hit that fucker three. I shouldn't say 300. It was in question whether it was two, somewhere between 260 and 300, which evidently is crazy. So. I don't know. What and that do was I your know? first. The first. uh Golf ball you ever hit? Yeah. What do I know? About? I never fucking, I, I couldn't stand. The only reason I was on that golf course is Jimmy was getting married at a golf course, believe it or not. <laughs> Campbell. I like at a golf resort. And I get there. I'm flying all fucking day to get to this fucking place. I get there. My room isn't ready. Well, I went berserk. You know, I'm a big oh. star. I can't be waiting for my room. Yeah. Didn't they know you were coming? Jimmy came running over. I'm like, what the fuck? And Jimmy had heard that my room wasn't ready. 
So we're in the middle of him getting ready for his wedding. He has to race over to me in a golf cart. Because <laughs> I don't care that he's getting ready for his wedding. It's about me. That's right. Now the whole place is coming down. Yeah. If that room isn't ready. <laughs> people were like walking by to just see me having a tantrum. <laughs> I remember seeing Andy Richter. He goes, hey, I hear your room's not ready. <laughs> well, Jimmy comes no! swooping. He goes, come on, let me give you a tour of this place. I'm like, oh, fuck, I just want to put away my bags. Right. I get, and also I'm always tired. It's really funny, you know, Post Malone's tattoo on his face is always tired. Like under one eye is always and then tired. And I, I go, I should have that tattoo on my face because I'm always tired. It was like, I get off a plane from sitting all day. Now I just want to go to my room and I'm tired. And then Jimmy goes, let's go on a tour. And I was like, oh, fuck. Okay. We get in the golf cart. I'm worried my bags are outside the door. I don't want my bag. What if somebody steals my bag? Like I got something valuable in there. <laughs> Anyway, drive the golf cart over the range. He goes, let's go hit some balls. I go, I don't hit balls. Come on, come on, it'll be fun. I go, no, it won't. You know how to do it. I don't. And my wife's standing here. I'm going to look like a big fucking klutz in front of my wife who thinks I know something. I'm always still trying to impress Beth, so she'll want to fuck me. I'm so afraid well, she won't want to fuck thing. me. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> she was rescuing a turtle the other day, and she was bent over, and I go, Honey, she goes, yes. I go, I would love to have sex with you in that position, the position you're in for saving a turtle. She goes, the, I'm the, in the middle the of the turtle sa saving position. Yeah. <laughs> she goes, not now. I go, I know we're outside. I'm, I know enough. I'm just saying, keep it in your memory bank that I would like that. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. But, uh. I don't even know what I'm talking about. Oh, that golf. Yeah. That, that hit the golfing, fucking ball. That whatever what do they even call what you did driving range and then I, we went over there and the i didn't know there was a pro standing there but jimmy got out and he whacked the ball pretty far and then i went and everyone was like whoa and then the pro comes over <laughs> I, I go dude i've never hit Who this are How you? Far? yeah, yeah he was like did, are you <laughs> are you phil mickelson <laughs> hey ralphie what up? Hey, now. Hey, you know, that point Jerry made is apples and oranges. First of all, it's fucking golf. He's not going over there to cure cancer. It's not that important. He can play golf here. That's fine. And you can't say, oh, you get this from China and that. You know, that's that's ridiculous. The guy's a greedy yeah. fuck. The guy's a greedy fuck. He's taking blood money, and that's all there is to it. He makes fucking $50 million a year. He's worth $800 million. It's ridiculous. He's worth $400 million, but what's the point? You're right. I Listen. I think like you do, but uh, this guy Jerry got a hold of me. He started, you know, fucking, my, fucking with my head. What am I going to tell you? No, Jerry, well, you know, when I was thinking about it, I said, wait a minute. The guy who was arguing with us before, he was arguing that the Saudi League might make the PGA better. So that's what we've got going on. And we're not going to make the world better, but golfing will be better. Hold on, Ralph. Let me get there. Oh, it's Senator Bernie Sanders. Hey, oh. hi, Senator. Howard, I just want to explain to you how we do business with Saudi Arabia. Listen. Okay. It's very simple. If we buy 1% of our oil from Saudi Arabia, right. it finances 4% of Saudi Arabian golf tournaments, then golfers are getting 0.293% of American oil money. 
You understand? See, no, this is why you didn't win. Every time you start with these percentages, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, dude. Okay, well, l listen. If you could just hit 40% of your 300-yard goal. <laughs> yeah, because it's Thank always you. percentages. Percentages. Yeah. Well, anyway, listen, I don't know. but To me, it seems like Phil Mickelson should not take the Saudi money, but then this other guy says, well, we do business with China. We do business with this one, that one. Ralph says it's apples and oranges. My head's going to explode, so leave me alone. <laughs> hey, uh, something else. Um, uh, Michael Che was great, by the way. Yeah, he's a good dude, man. I like my... In fact, yeah. I'm glad you said that. In fact, uh, let me read you some of the... Uh, don't let me forget the uh, Baba Booey uh, yell-outs. Yeah. Uh, Michael Che was amazing. It was like listening to two friends just have a chat. I have a crush on him. I'm, I'm not a celebrity, just saying. Robin has a crush on him, too. She loved him. Me, too. Uh, yeah, well, Ralph, too. Now I'm competing with Ralph. <laughs> mm -hmm. Ralph can give a good hand job. Trust me, I know. Uh, I bet. I bet, I bet yeah. he's better than me. Yeah. Yeah. He, used to rub, he used to rub one out for me whenever I was stressed. And, uh, really great interview today. I like Michael Che before, but now I love him. He's a genuine guy. Yeah, I, 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 you know what? I like him, too. Uh, great interview, Howard. Big thanks to Mr. Che for being so honest and just being himself. I love his rejected sketches. Lauren should put them on. I agree. <laughs> yeah, they were great. <laughs> they were good. All right, Ralphie boy, thank you for that. Hey, quick question, though. How come you don't, you know, he told that story about that woman who was trying to, like, post pictures of him and, like, screw him over because he's a celebrity. How come you don't have the same empathy for Johnny Depp as you did for him? In that situation, listen. This is another heard was doing. Oh, hold on a second. That's apples and oranges, Ralph. <laughs> number one, first of all, I want my name taken off the list of people who support Amber Heard uh, in these Johnny Depp versus. I don't support. I don't give two fucks about either one of them. I really don't care about Johnny Depp, and I don't care about Amber Heard. I don't want to see Johnny Depp in concert. I've never seen a pirate fucking movie, nor will I ever see one. I don't care about pirates. I hate fucking pirates. I think pirates are assholes, and I don't want to hear about it. But here's the deal. I don't know what went on with these two nunnicks. I just know that they were living in a house and carrying on shitting in bed and fucking him throwing shit at her and this craziness. And I don't know who's guilty or innocent. I know that... Uh, I do. The, I watched the trial. Well, you're a better man than me. And uh, I got to tell you... Ralph, you actually have the time to sit there and watch... All right, so don't, don't attack me. Trial. I'm just telling you why she was... I don't have... The case. All I can tell you is it sounded like neither one of them was were really appropriate. He seemed to be... Uh, an angry fucking guy when he gets drunk. Yeah, and he and, can't help himself. He's got a substance abuse problem, and she's preying upon well, him, and then using the uh, Me Too well, movement. Wait a second. Wait a second. Uh, come on. I don't know what she did to prey upon him. She, she and, videotaped him. She recorded him. Okay. She's taking screen grabs. It's like but a Rico you still, case, like the government. But you, don't, but you don't throw shit at the broad. You get the fuck out of the house. That's well, all. He, he didn't. That was never proved. There was nothing. There was nothing. None of her claims were proved. That's why she lost. She made a bunch of false claims, and, and she used the legitimate Me Too well, movement. Well, I didn't watch the trial, and I don't. 
I don't support Amber Heard and I don't support him. I don't have a, it's like they're two flies on the wall. I don't care about those two. I can't, well, I, I don't do even you? understand how this fucking guy has an accent like he has. <laughs> I don't even, when I watch this guy in the stand, I'm like, this guy's got a, he's not from this planet. Oh, uh, uh, I don't, uh, Mr. Depp, uh, in your movie, I never, uh, 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 I never watch one of my own movies. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I go, dude, I don't care about you. I don't care about you and your wife. I don't give two shits. I don't know who's innocent. I don't know who guilty. You're right. I didn't watch the trial. I don't have a feeling either way. I don't have empathy because I don't watch these trials. They're not important. I mean, how did the world change after you spent all that time? Are you now a lawyer? Yes, yes. I can <laughs> he is like case. a lawyer. He actually <laughs> has an opinion on this thing. That guy, that guy who called in the other day who needed an attorney, I was going to call in and say I can represent him. <laughs> I, I even got to wait for him to use his case. I mean, I, So I, you believe that she shit in the bed, right? That's number one. Uh, yeah, I mean. Okay, yeah. number yeah. two. Well, that's disgusting that she did right. that. That's right. disgusting. I agree with that. But I don't okay. know that she shit in the bed. She says the teacup Yorkie did it. Okay. It was a giant. It was the size of a mountain, but okay. A teacup <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Look, I got to go. I don't care. I don't care about those two. Please do not print any more articles saying I support one or the other. It's embarrassing. You have enough trouble. They don't have to give you that. Yeah. It's embarrassing to even <laughs> admit that I watched any minute of that trial. I don't care. Do you think I care? There's so much TMZ shit going on. TMZ has done a, synop a synopsis of it. I saw that being, you know, flashing across my Did screen. you see it? You could stream that. No, I didn't. I said, should I watch that so I can see the highlights? Because I really didn't pay that much attention. All right, I'm going to watch it. Yeah. I'm going to go on TMZ. I'm going to watch the highlights, Robin, and I'll come <laughs> up with a verdict. You All want right. one. So yeah, I can, so I can honestly defend someone. Now we got to know who whose side are you really on? Yeah, it's enough for me. Well, Post Malone, this guy's got more hit records, and holy shit! I mean, this guy's got some career going. It's unbelievable, and he's here this morning to talk about his life <clears throat> and his career. I got into him. Not even uh, hearing his own music. I heard him doing uh, covers of uh, Nirvana. I said, oh, this guy can play and yeah. he can sing. He's a good, uh, good musician, fucking really talented guy. So uh, he's here. A lot of his friends call him Posty. Oh, really? So, yeah, I might call him Posty. Posty Malone. Not post it. Posty. <laughs> post it something else. <laughs> a lot of people don't know that. He's the heir to the post it. Uh, fortune. <laughs> but that's a great name, Post Malone. Not his real name. Part of his name. But uh, we'll we'll learn more about Post Malone when we come back. Hear what he's up to with his music and his life. What it's like to be a star. When did he... No, he could make music and write songs. Yeah. A young age, that I know. Yeah? Yep. Yeah, talented guy. All right, we'll Does be he back. Think he right. He was born with it, or did this develop? It um, it was uh, like Spider Man. He got bit by a radioactive spider, <laughs> and he got talented. Whoa! Uh, a singing right. spider. Yeah, you got a singing spider bit him out. We'll we'll uh, be back with Post Malone right after the break. 
Post Malone, this guy, I mean, forget about it. Young dude, but he's already sold like millions of albums, millions of streams. I got the I got the stats here. Look at you. Hey, Post Malone, how you doing? Howdy. Howdy. What's going on, Howard, how are you? Great to see you, man. This is uh, really exciting. This is exciting. It's for, exciting for me. Let me read some stats if it doesn't make you too nervous. Because, you know, sometimes with success, this is fucking mind-blowing. 26.5 billion streams in the United States. I mean, wow, that's astronomical amount of streams. Uh, top 10 hits, uh, blah, blah, blah. Four number one hits, Rockstar Psycho, Sunflower Circles, nine Grammy nominations, no wins. I wonder why that is. No wins. Does that upset you? You don't give a shit, right? No, sir. I I just kind of hang out. Um, I don't know. You know, I just keep making the music that I like, and I'm 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 ready to to party whenever they are. <laughs> did you Do you go, go to you... the award ceremony? Uh yes, ma'am. I went. Oh, I went last year, I think. And um, I don't know. You know, it's just. I don't kind of pay attention. I live in Salt Lake City, so I really don't do much of anything. Mm. <laughs> That's kind of a cool move, moving to Salt Lake City. I mean, uh, you know what I mean? Like, like getting out of L.A. I know you did that, and it's like, because you keep your private life pretty private. And sure. you, is that a move to go to Salt Lake City so that, like, you can stay in touch with people so you don't in some way become jaded like other rock stars have in the past? Was it like a conscious decision on your part that i just don't want to be part of the la scene because i mean let's face it that's where all the musicians are uh a lot of your peers people you could you know vibe with yes but, yes, but when you go, yeah what's it like when you walk around utah you know salt lake city and like uh you know it's you know people go fuck there's post malone i mean is it weird <laughs> it's super it's super weird you know it's 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 so interesting and it's so interesting to 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 take a look at, I moved to LA when I was 18, um, from, from Dallas. And, um, I was just at the end and we made a whole album about it. It's called Hollywood's bleeding. And it's just like, it's super interesting because it's so difficult to get something done here. At least for me, there's always something going on. There's always something happening. And I just needed to take a step back and take a breath, uh, take a breath and, you know, look at, the mountains and and shit. <laughs> yeah, was it was it just too like was it too intense for you emotionally to be in that? When I go to L.A., I get very charged up. I made a decision early on in my career not to move to L.A. I was offered a job there, and I said no because whenever I go there, everyone's always talking about their career, their gig, like like like, like there's a, a genuine effort to impress each other with what's going on, and it made me. It made me kind of cuckoo, like you could always feel like a failure because you, it's just like everyone's always got something going on. Yes, and, sir. And, and, and if, if not even that, it's just like you think you meet a friend and you think they're a good friend. And, um, a couple, maybe a month or so later, you realize they're not really your friend. You know, it's everybody has their best interests. And I'm, I, I don't want to speak on behalf of everybody, but from my experience, we've had a rough time and it's really, um, affected me and affected my, my, my mental health. And, and, um, I definitely just wanted to take a step outside because everybody here is doing their own thing and they don't care if it affects your thing at all. You know what I mean? It's, it's, right. it's super interesting, but 
did you make good friends in Salt Lake City? Like, do you have a whole group of people there that that you can hang with and uh, really bond with? Or are you just a guy who stays on his own property and you could probably have a shitload of property? Do you have a ton of property out there? I got some good property. Good property. Huh. I got my girl. I got my dog. I got my dad. I got my, my mom. And, and we're just hanging out. So, and, and you keep that shit quiet. I don't even know who your girl Like, I went on the internet trying to see who your girl <laughs> is. And, like, I, I mean, I can't even get a picture. You know what I mean? I'm just yeah, gonna, I, you, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like it's, it's. You know, it, it's it's a lot of. I'm 26 years old. I'm a grown up. And, um,. I'm just trying to do what makes Austin happy and, and take care of my, my, my little family that I got, you know. When you had that um, party, I had Machine Gun Kelly on here the first time. He was all fucked up from some beer pong party you threw. How do you throw a beer pong party? Well, it, he didn't come out to Utah, did he? Um, no, Machine sir. Gun? no, sir. Oh, this is in L.A. So you got some kind of pad out in L.A., right? Well, it's just you, it, it, here we're kind of nomadic. So we kind of run like right now we're spending the night at Henson Studios, <laughs> so it's just like, you know, figuring out wherever we need to go and where we need to be to do what we need to do. So when you have your beer pong league, you have an actual league, right? In the works. In the works. And, yes, he, he, and this must have been some fucking party because this guy, you know, this is a guy who smokes a lot of weed and, and certainly can drink. He was all fucked up. I mean, I interviewed him. He was like, eh, and I, like, like, he was fucked up. And I said, what, sure. what's your story? And he goes, oh, I was at Post Malone's Beer Pong League, <laughs> and I'm all fucked up. <laughs> I'm like, what's the deal? Like, who's in this league, and how do you get in, and how does it get started, and how do you win? I mean, what what's going on? You win by getting drunk, I guess. You right, know? right. <laughs> it's, it's the best game in the world. <laughs> And so where do you have this? Like if you're at a studio, you'll say you'll call up a guy like Machine Gun Kelly and say, hey, we're doing some beer pong tonight. Everybody come on over. Well, we filmed this. So we had a a, a section of filming and we were um, kind of just hanging out and every we had guests come over. We had, um, you know, everybody just come and hang out and play some beer pong and and see who won. And I performed terribly on the show. But um, <laughs> I'm way better. <laughs> if you ever want to play, I, I got a shot. I got a shot right here reaching out to you. You know, and it's right in <laughs> that ready. cup right next to you. So. <laughs> so what is going on right now? You This is like the middle of the day for you, even though it's the morning, because you've been up all night. You've yes, got a, you, you know, you got a new album out, and yet you're in a studio making a new album. Is that what's going on right now in your life? Yes, sir. Very much so. Um, I guess... You know, for for um, the longest time, I kind of um, forgot what it was like to enjoy music. And I'm sure you sometimes you feel the same way. You know, um, you do this every day and it becomes your job. And you're like, well, what the <laughs> fuck? What the fuck do I do? You know, like, what's next? Like, where do I find my passion that I had when I originally started? And and it was nice to have a break with the uh, pandemic and everything and um figure out what actually made made me happy so we had a, a a second to figure out what makes austin happy and making music was it as i lost it for a minute and now i'm fucking back in the studio ready to rock and roll man were you in a panic like were you like hey my whole identity is music it's like this is what i do this is what i've devoted my life to i risked everything in life so i could become a musician you know, it ain't an easy path. When this hits you, like around the pandemic, 
and you said, fuck, I'm burnt out. I don't, mm. I don't even know that I want to do this anymore. And I'm 20 something years old. Did you absolutely panic? Because what if you didn't find the inspiration and then, you know, shit, it's all over. Well, you know, I would have been happy. You know, I'm the luckiest fucking man in the world. I'm the most blessed fucking man in the world to be able to do what I do. Right. And, um, whatever I can do to take care of my, my mom, my dad, my stepmom, my brothers, um, uh, my family, um, I, w I was lucky enough to be able to do that, you know, for the rest of, of my life. But, um, it's definitely a, a panic moment for, for my own state because I'm like, fuck, this is like kind of, this is kind of my thing. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't yeah. even know if I like my thing anymore. And wow. it's kind of what I married my life to. It's like, um, you know, you sit around whenever you're a teenager and just play guitar in your room and write songs and you, you get a, a free recording program, uh, shout out to Audacity, and you just sit and you learn and everybody's having fun and you're sitting there and you're like, this is going to pay off one day, you know, and it's definitely scary when you're like, fuck, I don't even like it anymore. <laughs> but um, yeah, we, what, we what? found that love again. We found that love again. And I'm Ooh. so grateful. What aspect of it was freaking you out? Was it the live performing and going out on tours? Or was it this beast of an idea of writing songs that the world is going to respond to? Because when you, were in, when you were a kid writing in your room, it didn't matter really. You know what I mean? You were just writing from the heart. Right. You didn't know if two people were ever going to like it. But then when yeah, I definitely made the shittiest songs of all time. <laughs> when you were learning, you mean? You were like, no, yeah, of course. Yeah. No, yeah, I mean, I still do matter. to this day. <laughs> Why do you say that? I've heard you say that in other interviews that I make shitty sure. music. Do you really believe you make shitty music? Oh, well, I tell you what, I think that there's always room to grow as a person and grow as a musician and, um, I think it's, I don't, I don't want to say important, but I think for me to progress and say that, oh, what I've, what I have made is a stepping stone to what I will make. And hmm. I think that my music could be better. And like, I listen to all my songs, all the, like the hits you named, like all the number ones, all that. And I listen to them and I'm like, Oh, if I just did this different, like this would be way better. And then like, oh, 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 you know what so I mean? So it's a mistake. It's, it's a mistake. Do you ever sit and listen to an album a year later after you made it? Or do you ever sit and if it comes on the radio, your music, do you listen to it? Or you just turn that shit right off and say, I can't even believe the shit that I did there. It, it, it's embarrassing. <laughs> what do you do? Well, not like, not embarrassing, but I'm, I've always been, um, so shy, so shy and so, Oh, like, I don't know. I guess everybody feels, you probably feel this way sometime. You listen to your voice on the headset and you're oh, like, oh man, it. yo, I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> like this sucks. Dude, I will not <laughs> listen to an old show of mine ever. It sounds horrible. My voice sounds wrong. Everything I'm saying sounds wrong. It's not good enough. It's not funny enough. It's not interesting enough. And I fucking hate it. I don't want to hear. But that's the thing. Your, your voice. And that's the whole thing. And that's what I'm trying to learn and teach myself is that. Like, as much as I hate my voice, this helps someone out 
in any fucking way and that's the most beautiful fucking thing in the universe you know yeah, and you no. do the same fucking thing and robin does the same fucking thing and you guys are just absolutely gorgeous man it, you know it's uh it's really weird i can't figure you out because i was you know i'm always interested in, in somebody's story like how they came to be and sure. it's an amazing story but when i when i was researching you and kind of reading stuff about you there's a post malone who was the kid who was bullied and made fun of because you would even wear a suit and tie sometimes to school because, you know, you wanted to dress cool. You were always different in a sense, and you had the balls to be different, and that's what makes you interesting. Mm. So you were the bullied guy and depressed and, and had clinical depression, like no bullshit depression, not just you were sad. You were a depressed kid. And then at the same time I read, your school voted you best dressed and most likely to become a rock star or become famous. Yes, sir. It's, it's, a, I mean, it's weird. How do you explain that? I'm not quite sure. I guess um, I've always, I've always, um, I don't, I don't want to say prided myself, but I've always wanted to be Austin and, um, you know, there's periods and they come and go where Austin is the coolest dude in the world or Austin is like the biggest turd in the universe. You know what I mean? And right. And, you know, in middle school, it was different. And I remember I remember and um, I wanted to be like my dad. So my so we moved from from New York to to Dallas, Texas, when I was a kid and my dad used to wear a us uh uh not a suit but he wore a collared shirt and a tie every day so i was like all right i'm gonna be like my dad i'll slick my hair back we'll go to middle school because my dad is the most beautiful man in the universe and um i remember that and i got a lot of shit for that <laughs> you know but we had a great time and and this is just me i guess expressing myself and and expressing you know my 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 values and i love my dad and uh you know, we're growing up and and locking myself in the room. And I guess I started, I guess, coming out of my shell and being able to to play music with people. This was like high school and um, being able to play music with people that I love so much. Um, Grant and um, we 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 had like such beautiful times. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to sit there. And I'm going to make these beats on FL. I downloaded FL illegally and I'm so sorry, image line. But, um, we, <laughs> we, we made beats and we made music and we were just like, fuck it. Like, let's show people, like, so let's let me show understand. love. Like, let me yes, understand sir. post. Yes, sir. So you were the, when you say you were depressed as a kid, was it to the mm. point of uh, being suicidal? I just don't see a reason to live. Like, I can't get out of bed kind of depressed it, was it that severe it was very um it's tough to, that's a tough question man it's tough to talk about um i remember um like almost my entire i'd say the last year of middle school the first the first year of high school was I didn't sit with anybody at the lunch table and I just sat there with my head in my hands and I was just like, 
I don't know and I don't understand and I don't know what the fuck is going on with anyone. And I, um, that was that's a tough question, Howard. That's a that's a, you know, what happened to all your friends and things. It's just in other words, you tuned out. I don't give a fuck about people. I just don't know. I feel awkward. I feel awkward in my own skin. Well, that's and and very, you know, I had friends. I did have friends. And I guess I took my friends for granted because I didn't appreciate the love they gave to me right off rip. And did you go I to your just, parents? But did you go to your parents and say, listen, man, I'm in trouble. I'm, I'm not. No, sir. Right. You can't go to anybody. It no, feels no, like sir. there's no one. Yeah, it's the worst. Yes, sir. And it's and a, I know there's a lot of lonely people and there's um, um fucking trillion billion lonely people in the world. And I just want to say that there's. Um, always someone who fucking loves you and you don't have to be scared to talk about it. What um, pulled you out? I mean, did you go on medication or did you, um, did you, what did you do to pull yourself out of this depression that you're in? It was music. Music. It was music took me out. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And you never had, are you a, um, a prodigy? Because you never had a lesson. I know your father used to, uh, he turned you on to music. He was a DJ kind of thing, yeah, like at parties and things. Yes, he used to yes, DJ. Sir. And he was the man. He knew all the music. He turned you on to all the greats, you know, the Beatles, the Stones, Zeppelin, I assume, you know, all the, all the classic bands. And, 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 and I would imagine when you went into your room, you were playing that guitar game on fucking video. You weren't even, you yeah. didn't even have a real guitar, right? <laughs> like you didn't have, how did you teach yourself how to play guitar? Cause you're a pretty damn good guitar player. Thank you, I mean, sir. Uh, Thank you very much. Right? I mean, when I see that um, video, that early video of you doing that Bob Dylan song, that's one of my favorite yes, uh, versions of that song. I love Thank the way you, you finger much. pick. I mean, you became a very proficient guitar player. No lessons? No, I had one lesson. And Who's he was a beautiful man. He was sure. a man in, in, in Grapevine, Texas, and he was a beautiful man. And I was just like... Well, you know, and it's so interesting. You think you think about like um, singers with vocal coaches, and not not to detract from anybody's thing, but I was always like, "Well, hey man, I, well you were listening to Rage earlier. Fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. just like I want to do it my way. You know what I mean? Like I think that's the beauty in music. And I, whenever I was a kid, I would sing and. I had like a vibrato and everybody say, Oh, you sound like a goat, man. You fucking suck, dude. You know? And, and it's just, wow. I think everybody has their own. I think lessons are great. I think lessons are great to learn everything. But, um, for me, it was so much easier to learn by just, um, sitting with myself and figuring out what, what I like to do. When you, know? you say sitting with yourself to get Sir. to your level, to be a professional musician, where you could sit with other musicians and, you know, and, and talk their language and music is a language. I, I don't understand. Like, do, it, was it eight to 10 hours a day? That's what I'm picturing here. Because if you start on Guitar Hero, which is a video game, <laughs> and then you teach yourself somehow to play the real thing after one lesson. And I imagine you teach yourself by what? You, you're sitting there practicing a Metallica song or something or, or what? Like what? <laughs> I don't get how you'd get to that point. It, it's never been explained to me. 
it was definitely uh, ultimateguitar.com. Like, I remember it was either, whenever I was a kid, it was either porn or ultimateguitar.com. <laughs> yeah, and, 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 and I missed out the memo on uh, ultimateguitar.com. I was just into porn. Yeah, hey, yeah, I, no, I, it's, endless, it's all pretty good. <laughs> endless hours of beating off and no guitar. I, I could kick well, myself you know, in the head. it goes hand in hand. It goes hand in hand. But it sure know? does. But I mean, I mean, but when you do uh, Don't Think Twice as a cover version as a young man just getting out of high school and your finger picking like that exceptionally well it's very hard for the rest of us non-musicians to believe that there wasn't some sort of training that goes into this you just are do you have a mathematical mind are you do you have a high iq were you a brilliant student no sir i was a i was uh probably a i don't know i was a bad student i i guess what it takes you know i don't i don't even know it's the outlier or whatever and it's ten thousand hours until right. you become a master of something, right? Right. And um, I definitely don't have 10,000 hours because... Uh, well, the beating but, off got in the way. Yeah, well, definitely. <laughs> well, right. if, if you alternate between playing guitar and jacking off, yeah, I mean, I definitely got 10K. <laughs> no yeah, problem. I'm, yeah, I mean, we're not counting the jacking off. I'm a, I got 10,000 hours of jacking off. But, 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 but seriously, it is really quite remarkable, the level Thank of musicianship sir. for a guy who locked himself in a room. And then, does that what happens to you in school? All of a sudden, you start to perform in front of other people, and suddenly you go from being the oddball who wears a, a, a shirt and tie or the guy who sits alone in the lunchroom, and all of a sudden, girls and, and dudes start recognizing you because you, you can play? Well, and, and, and that's, a, that's a crazy story. And it's actually not crazy. It's a story. <laughs> but, um, you know, it... It took me to go. I remember the first time I got drunk at uh, Drew's house and they had a guitar. So I got out my guitar and I started singing because I was hammered. This was the first time I got drunk of Ciroc wow. Peach. Ciroc Peach. And that is like <laughs> the worst shit in the universe. <laughs> and now whenever Jaeger. I smell that shit, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, hey, Jaeger, I can do. Ciroc Peach right. is like out of this universe. But I, I got drunk and I was like, whoa, you know, the first time you ever get drunk is the best feeling in the world. If you're around good people, uh, getting drunk for the first time is the best feeling in the fucking world. And, How many people uh, were there that time you got, drank the Ciroc Peach and, 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 and started playing guitar in front of people? How many people were in probably, the room? It's probably like 10 people. Probably like 10 people. So we, 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 we were like, okay, his parents were so cool. So they were like, we don't care if you get drunk. Just make sure no one's driving and we're, we're here to, if you need anything. Um, How old were, were you? here. I was 16. Okay. And, um. And guys I mean, are there and girls are there, I mean, there, the right? legal age of 21. That's what I meant right. to say, Howard. <laughs> and, well, I've heard a lot of parents actually uh, kind of support that attitude. They've said, you know what? I know my kids are going to go out and drink anyway. I'd rather they do it in the house and not Very go around much driving. So. Yeah, yes, it's, it's a thought. Yeah. So, so all of a sudden, you're so wasted. You pull out the guitar, and you and and these dudes and girls, they had no idea you were into the guitar. Mm. They didn't know anything about it. And you start playing what? I played a weekend song. I played the um, Wicked Games. That's what it's called. The Wicked Games by the Weekend. Wicked Games by the Weekend. And, and people um, were like, oh, shit. Right? They're like, like this whoa. is really good. This is actually good. Yeah. 
Um, Suddenly, you're uh, Spider-Man, revealing the, to to his girlfriend <laughs> that you're, uh, hey, I'm Spider-Man. This is it. I did have a Spider-Man. How'd you know that? I don't know that. I'm saying that oh, you're revealing your <laughs> no, Spider-Man. And then I took it off, and I could sing better. So. Were you really wearing a Spider-Man? <laughs> no, sir. <laughs> okay, all right. Anyway, so the point is, music saved your life. Very much so. Okay, would you explain mu how to write music? Because I'm desperate to write a hit song, and sure. I've heard it. I've heard it said about you that, uh, and this is your producer talking. He says, "I'm gonna say it was hmm, Lewis, I think, oh, or maybe I it was Andrew. Lewis, but... Yeah, oh, one wow. of the guys who works with you, Andrew or Lewis. I know but both they said of those guys. Post." has a unique ability. I think it was Lewis, actually, now that I'm remembering. Lewis Bell. He yes. said, Post has this weird ability. You can play him a beat, whatever the fuck a beat is, you can play him a beat and he can come up with the song. He can come up with a melody. Does that accurately describe what you can do? I don't know if it's what I can do. It's, I tell you what, we drink a lot of beer, or I drink a lot of beers, um, and then I go into the booth um, and just sing my ass off with a little bit of auto-tune on it. And I want to learn this. So, in other words, I said to my guys, go find me a beat, whatever a beat is. And they came up with this uh, funky drummer beat by James okay, Brown, okay? okay. I'm going to play. Okay. Tell me what comes into your head. We're in a okay. booth. All right, you haven't had any beer. Maybe you have. Who the fuck knows what you're up to? Okay. And here it is. Post. Listen to this. I was walking down over the square. It starts that's like that. <laughs> it's, it's a like, blind. <laughs> that's the that's is the that melody you or hit. You're kidding around, but but the word Scarlet Begonias came into your mind, right? No, that's a that's a sublime song. I think that's the All right. I think that's the but, sample from for Scarlet Begonia. Alright, then listen to this one. House Okay. What? No good? No, this is fantastic. Oh. You gotta hit a 16 on this. What does that mean? 16 bars. I still don't know what it means. Wow. <laughs> you just go for 16 bars. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't know. If someone plays me, you know, I often, I've often said, like, if I was Robert Plant and Jimmy Page walked into the studio and started playing the riff from Kashmir... Mm. I wouldn't know what to do. I'd say, fuck you. I don't know what to do with that. I mean, you gotta, you, you gotta somehow come up with what? A, 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 over that beat, you gotta come up with what? The tune. Well, that depends. Is he playing acoustic or electric unplugged whenever he walked in? Cause if somebody busts into the studio playing cashmere on right. acoustic, I'll be like, who the fuck are you? You're awesome. But if you right. was playing an electric unplugger, I might think you're a little crazy. So I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> I find the whole thing so confusing. It's just unbelievable. So in eighth grade, you won a talent show. You did so, a uh, cover of Rihanna's Umbrella. 
Mm. But you, you <laughs> meddled it up, right? And you won. Well, no, we did an all-time low cover of... So, all-time low did a cover of Umbrella. And, um, yeah, we went and... The band was called Drop Shot. And it's with... Uh, it, it was actually, like, with a... He, he's in a band called Crown the Empire. His name's Andrew. And um, he's just incredible. Yeah. Sorry to rant. Sorry to rant. No, 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 not at all. Because I'm trying to understand fame these days. And you did something that I say is almost impossible to do. You posted a uh, a song of yours on, uh, I don't know where, Spotify or on one of these services. SoundCloud. Maybe. SoundCloud. Yes, sir. In other words, you were a guy living at home. You wrote a song. And I don't know which song it even was. Was it White Iverson or what What did you post on SoundCloud? White yes, Iverson. Sir. White Iverson. Yes, sir. All right. You write this song and you don't have a record deal. You're just another schlub living at home. Yes, sir. And you post it on SoundCloud. And how soon do people start listening to this song? Like instantly. Like, really? Like I'm talking about you. Put, you put it up there. When I started balling, I was young. You gon' think about me when I'm gone. I need that money like the ring I never want. I want. And like, did you play this for anyone or you just put it right on SoundCloud? So we went and I remember, so I moved to LA with my good friend, Jason, and he is such a beautiful fucking man. And he gave me, Jason gave me fucking everything. Um, we moved to LA from, from, from Texas and, um, because he was a big game streamer. He was a gamer. He played Minecraft and, um, I was like, man, just, can I go with you? Like I dropped out of TCCC, uh, and I was just like, let's fucking go to LA. And how old were you? Let me, I was 18. Yeah. You graduated high school. Yes, sir. And you said your friends going to LA and you go, I'm going with you. And what do, what do your parents say? You're out of your fucking mind. What are you doing? You <laughs> Very much. I told them two weeks before I left. I was like, Oh man. I, well, I was like, how do I even tell them that I'm going? I'm like, I don't know what the fuck to do. I don't know what to say to you guys. Um, you had no plan. But, no, sir. And, wow. um, we, uh, I remember driving out. There was a studio in the Palisades and uh, out here in the, uh, Palisades. And, um, I remember saying, Hey, Jason, man, can I take the car out? Like, can I please take your car to go stay at the studio? And so we would go and stay at the studio. And I remember cutting that record because I made the beat and I remember staying at his house and, and I was like, this beat is fucking crazy. And so I just sat there by myself, like very much so like I did when I was, when I was a teenager, just sat there and it was like, this shit is good. I like this shit. It is good to, to hear. It's good for me. And so, um, we went, um, and I'm, and I met a buddy and we stayed out in the Palisades and recorded the record. And, um, the night it was done, I was like, let's just fucking put it up. What's the worst that could happen? And then, how long does uh, it take you to record that? How long does it take you to, from start to finish to make a finished version? Cause I had written everything except for the second verse um so i brought the beat in we plugged it in and i i i did everything except for the second verse we were trying to figure out what the second verse could be 
Um, and then we finally finished it. And I was like, let's just fucking drop it. What's the worst that can happen? Jeez. How do you think people even learn about it? Like, like, that's such a foreign concept to me, man. That's the new way. I mean, most people put shit on SoundCloud, and you know what? Nothing happens. How weird is it that, like, all of a sudden kids started passing this thing around to the point that you were getting, like, a million streams in a month? Like, sure. it was, cr I mean, you're an unknown guy. Yes, sir. No record I, deal. I think that um, it very much had to do... He's an Atlanta guy named Fat Man Key, and he is the most beautiful man in the fucking world. And he was there at the studio whenever I dropped it. So, and he was, he was buddies with Wiz. And so it just kind of fucking, Fat Man Key is the most incredible fucking man in the world. And well, what did Fat Man Key do? You put it up on he tweeted it. He tweeted it. He, or he oh. sent it to Wiz, and then it just went fucking nuts. And then, like, all these guys, Waka Flocka, like, everything, like, uh, people I fucking looked up to for so long were just like FaceTiming me in the middle of the night. And I was like, yo, what the, f like, this shit's crazy. Like, and it's, it's insane. And, and, and Kanye got in touch with you too, right? Like he wanted to work with you. And, uh, I mean, all these guys, right? Man, it's just, it's, a, it's a lot of stuff. And there are, are so many beautiful people in this fucking universe that showed me love since I was a fucking 18 year old kid and we're like, we fucking believe in you. And, um, it's just so fucking cool. And I had to kind of remember that because like I said, it becomes a job, but I had to remember that and say that I, I am loved and I am supported by such beautiful people. So I'm going to fucking kick some ass. And I found my, my love for music again, you know? Yeah, no, no, that's beautiful. And by the way, we're celebrating uh, your new album, which uh, is yeah. 12 Carat Toothache, now available. Yes, sir. Which is, uh, you can also hear post on Sirius XM's Hip Hop Nation, Channel 44, and Venus, Channel 303. And yeah, I mean, uh, new album. I know, I, I mean, I get it with a young guy who's got so much success. There's always a lot of shit put on you where you gotta sit there and produce. Because it is a business. And that mm. can suck the love of the business out of you. Because uh, you love making music. It's fun. And then everyone goes, well, how many streams did his new album get? Yes. And is he, is he still in tune with the public and all this shit? And man, oh, man. Are you feeling those nerves now that the album's out? And, you you know, you're waiting for the reaction? No, sir. And, and I always have a tendency... Um, this, this, this will be my fourth record and I have a tendency to get hammered and then go see what everyone thinks. And I think that having discovered what I have about myself and what makes Austin happy, I think that I do want as many people to hear it as possible. And I want to show my fans, um, uh, I guess a, not, not a reminiscence, but I want them to, to see that and listen to that. I still love to make music and I want to make music. And for me, it was, it was an issue of making it genuine. And I am concerned about 
whether people want to hear it. Cause I'm 26 years old. I'm, I'm, you know, like I've had a run. I've had a bit of a run. I was 18 whenever White Iverson dropped. And I was like, that was 2015. This was seven years ago. So wow. a 10 year run is good, you know? Yeah. But, um, I want, I just, I had to say how I felt at times through my life and I had to express myself and I had to tell people how I felt during my lifetime and with the struggles that I've had and my struggles with alcohol and, and, and adultery and all this shit. And I had to let this out. And I just wanted to speak from my heart for a record. And um, I'm grateful that one person has listened to it. And no matter what, I don't mind sales. I don't mind streams. Um, I just want my fans to know that I'm still there for them. And that you're not fucking alone in what you feel. And I'm right there with you. You know what? You got to go out on tour, though, right? In order to have you been on tour since COVID, or have you uh, been laying low? No, sir. My tour got stopped in COVID uh, in Denver, I think. Right? Yeah, in yeah. Denver. Yeah. So it got stopped, and then I was like, "What the fuck is good?" So the day before the tour got stopped, they were like, "Did you hear about this COVID shit?" Like, uh, uh, uh. uh. And then the day after, we were like, I don't know if we can do it. Like, like everybody's wow. getting sick. It's scary shit, you know? So you haven't been on tour at all. Your fans haven't seen you. And in order, in order for them to sort of get familiar with this music, but still the best way, I, I would think, in the music industry, the one thing that hasn't changed in the music industry, you got to get out there and play this stuff for a live yes, audience, sir. right? Yes, You're going to do it? And, w and we've done shows. Right. And um, we're announcing a tour now. Um, oh. you know, I'm just hoping that everybody takes care of themselves and respects, uh, everybody around them and we can go out and, and fucking kick some ass again. Like it, so when like, does that like start? When's the tour? When's the tour going to happen? That's a good question. You got to ask my boss. All right. Who's your boss? Aren't you the boss? <laughs> don't, no, don't sir. You Very much not. <laughs> really? You got people in charge of you. You're uh, like Britney yeah, man, Spears. Gotta... You got people in charge of you. The new album you said deals with struggles of uh, alcohol. Are you, are you sober now? No, sir. What, what, I sober? am responsible now. How'd you get responsible? Because most people who have a problem with alcohol, they got to go, you know, you got to either go one way or the other. Yes, sir. How bad was your alcoholism? It it got to a terrible point, and um, you you asked some great questions. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it it was to a really 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 rough point, and um, I couldn't get up off the floor for 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 weeks, and um. That's what a, a lot of the inspiration for the album comes, but I don't want, I never want to bring people down. I just want to express how I feel. Yeah, but, but, but how did you do I it? I mean, wait, 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 it was get, what were you drinking? What were you, what was your thing? Like you wake up in the morning and start right there. Was it that bad? No, nah, it was screwdrivers. It was a bunch right. of, it was vodka. It was vodka right. and it was, it was bodying fifths and, um, trying to hang in there and and talking to 
people who weren't fucking there <laughs> and trying to say, hey, that help bad, me huh? out. Could you yeah. help me out? You know, um, there's uh, hotel rooms and just... What do you think was going on, Post? Like, what do you... What do you think was going on? Were you hating yourself? Were you, um, did you ever get to the bottom of it? Did you get help with it? Um, no, sir. I never got help with it. I just have super beautiful people around me and uh, I met a really beautiful person that, um, what? made me feel like uh, a human being again. And this is your girlfriend? Like a piece. Yes, sir. And and she was able to get through to you and say, look, I, I love you, but I can't deal with you. And did she give you the ultimatum? Did she say to you, look, I, I understand you're your own person, but if you want to be with me, you you got to make a decision, me or the alcohol. No, sir. And it's it's not oftentimes whenever you're looking for help or subconsciously even seeking help, it's not an ultimatum is always heartbreaking it's just like oh fuck you know what do i do it's it's the guidance it's the guidance out of the dark into the light it's not like oh you pick you know there's a show the dog or me right it's it's not that it's right you are you and i love you so much and i see what you can be and i know who you can be and i know you you're not like this and um yeah, she saved my fucking life. It's pretty epic. It's pretty yeah. Epic. And and when you so 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 you did it in a way where you didn't have to go to a program, you didn't have to do the 12 steps or anything, and you got yes. the drinking under control. Yes. Like you could be a social drinker. I could hang with you and we could have one drink and you'll be done. I love I love to drink beer. Right. I love to drink beer. It was it was really the hard liquor that got me going. And um I love to have a good beer. I love to get drunk. Right. I love to get drunk, but I used to be a miserable fuck. I used to just be a fucking turd. And I was, oh my God. And it would go and go and go and go and go. And I would try to chase that. We talked about earlier, the first time you ever been drunk, there's no better feeling. Yeah. And you try to chase that fucking feeling. You're like, I want to feel how I felt when I was first fucking drunk. And you'll never get it. Just Isn't take care of yourself. Like, you know, there are yeah. people who are happy drunks. Like, they're actually kind of just, I mean, they're annoying, but they're happy. But then there are people who just, their misery, like, they just mm. fuck with everyone. And it's like all your anger comes spewing out. Mm. And that's, that's like a shitty place to be because the next morning you're like, oh, fuck, what I do? Yeah, that's that was the, a fucking turd. What yes, were you sir. doing? And what did you do? Was that what you mean by adultery? In other words, you'd even like cheat on this wonderful woman that you would found? No, I have been a good boy. Nice. And but I have before, and yeah. um, I've been such a fucking turd, and I have hurt so many people, and that's not who I am. And it takes that second to realize that that's not who I am. And who the fuck do you think you are, dude? Like, every day be better. Every day be better than who you were yesterday. And I respect that. I post, I respect that because I think one of the, you know, the rare few people who get to the level that you're at, fame, you know, and I've experienced fame. You can start to believe you're entitled to every fucking woman on the planet. 
And you're entitled to do whatever the fuck you want with no repercussions because everybody wants to be a friend. And for you to say, hey, you know what? I'm abusing my fame. I'm shitting on people. And uh, I don't have a right to do that. That's a big step in your life, I think. And to realize that sure. at 26, you know what I mean? It's a big fucking step. Sir. Yeah. I, Makes you I a better have, man. Sir. And, and I try every fucking day. I do every day and I, and I, it's hard and it's a step and definitely throwing away the hate, not hate, but the anger and the everything that comes with over drinking and abusing alcohol as opposed to saying I'm celebrating my life and I want to take care of everybody around me. It's, 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 it's such an interesting transition. And there was a point in my life to where I was not happy with who I was. And I was a fucking turd and I sucked. And now I just want to be better every fucking day. Every day. And that's all we can do is just don't be a dickhead. That's a golden rule, Howard, is just don't be a fucking dick. <laughs> do you think, is there someone in your life who, like, I know, like, you you love Justin Bieber. He gave you a break. He put you on tour with him in the beginning mm. when your career was going. And you, mm. lo you love him. You, you, you refer to him as your brother. Were yes. there dudes like that who had the kind of fame that could turn to you and say, Post, I love you. You're fucking up, dude. You're 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 out of control, or was this just something you had to figure out on your own? Um, it gets very much to the point to where no, mm. and that's the whole problem. I have a, I have an issue, and this is something that I'm working on actively, is listening, listening to what people have to say to me, and or at least authoritative. You know, like that's that's the issue with the ultimatum. It's like right. you either do this or you do this. And I'm like, well, fuck you. I'm going to do this because you you gave me the you like you, you, you know, you told me. And it's there. There was. A time to where. I had so much guidance and, and Justin was guiding me and Justin was like this. But I'm like, you know what? Like. I love you. At the end of the day, I have to do what I want to do. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm not listening to anybody. And that's what I'm working on now is an issue with being told what to do. Because at the same time, people can look at you from the outside and see that something's wrong. And you can be trapped in your own fucking world like me in high school and just trapped in my fucking room. Like, let's fucking, uh, let's write the songs. And it's an issue of opening up and I need to do a lot less talking and a lot more listening. And um, I'm yeah. 26 and I'm, and I'm learning every fucking day. But you I'm know trying. what's weird? This rebelliousness in you, you know, is exactly... It, it, it's a mind fucker because you sit there and go, that's exactly what got me to the top. When people told me not to go to L.A., I said, fuck you, I'm going to L.A. When people right. told me I couldn't be a rock star or I didn't sing the right way. Fuck you. I'm not even going to take any lessons. I'm going to fuck. Right. You know, that kind of rebelliousness is what makes you unique. So that fucks with your head because then all of a sudden you go, well, wait a second. 
now someone's trying to give me good advice and I'm not even listening. Right. Because fuck you has always been my way. It's the, that's the hardest thing to fucking balance and figure out. And what I've learned is the golden fucking rule, man. Treat everybody the way you want to be treated. And listen to what people have to say. Listen, at least. If you don't agree, you don't agree. But at least you fucking listened. And yeah. um, I listening be- is a big part of life. I and you learned it at a much younger age than I did. I for my whole career I was like fuck other radio guys. I don't fucking listen to anybody. I don't want to know guys in radio. I don't want to even fucking talk to them because they they're bullshit. I'm the only guy. And what a lonely life that is. Mm. What a lonely life that is to be so fucking rebellious that no one's good and no one's right and everything's wrong and and fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. But man, you're awfully lonely. And you know what? And it turns out I do like knowing other radio guys. And it is kind of fun. Great. They chose, they love it. Yeah, they love it too. They love talking on the radio. So why should I, why am I, why am I so angry with them? It's just like, you know, we talked about like, oh, if, you know, like if this it streams well or whatever, and you think about everybody making fucking music, why am I in competition with someone that's making music? Why can't we just fucking make music fucking together and coexist and everybody can listen to what the fuck they want to listen to when they want to listen to? You know what I mean? Yeah. Don't you think that's the way it used to be when you read about like in the 60s, 70s, everyone lived up in the canyon. Like Crosby, Stills and Nash hung out with, uh, they even hung out with the Monkees and Joni Mitchell and everyone would get together and jam and be on each other's albums, there used to be more of a community, and then something got weird, it got competitive. Mm. I don't know, you know, like, like, really, why should you be jealous or in competition with, the, you know, with Green Day, who's putting out a new album? It doesn't make any <laughs> sense, you know what I mean? It's like, wouldn't it be great to embrace them as your brothers? Wouldn't that be fucking awesome? If, if we could all just have the fucking, like... There's no, we all have made a living for our family. That's our job. We've made it. We've done it. We've, we've had number one hits. We've done this. Why not? Why, why hate on someone's success? Why do any of this? Why is that? Why does that even matter to you? I mean, and that's what, that's what, that's what kind of that two years in, in introspect has taught me is just like i don't want to be number one on streaming services i think that there's beautiful music that should be number one and i'm like fuck why didn't i fucking think of that you know what i mean it's just like yeah that's fucking epic you know we all sir no you've said you know man i would love to put out an album of country music you love country music. Sure. You've covered country tunes. You love Johnny Cash. You got tattoos of Johnny Cash and all that. And it's like, don't you think in a way the reason you're not doing that is because you got to sit and worry? Oh, shit. I'm on a roll. I got a lot of money people behind me. I got a tour. I got this and that. I can't do a country album now. It's almost a, it, it, like you're prevented from doing it because it'll fuck up your other thing that you got going on. I'd love to hear you do a country album. You know what I mean? I think it'd be cool. 
I mean, to be honest, there's nothing stopping me from taking a camera or uh, setting up in my studio in Utah and just recording a country album and me just putting it on fucking YouTube. There's nothing stopping me. Like, yeah, right. maybe I'll face some repercussions afterwards from the label and shit, but it's like there's nothing stopping me from doing that. Like, right. I'm allowed to do that. I'm a human yeah. being. I can I can do this. <laughs> um, so why do you think you just, don't? Oh, that's a good question. It's a lot of running around and it's a lot of thinking and it's a lot of actually having to write those songs yeah. and and not detract, but um, split my time, I suppose, between right. a lot of different things because I am happily obligated to do concerts and sh and show love to my fans and go and sing these songs for my fans. And then I'm happily obligated to um, write music and make beats by myself. And I'm happily obligated to, um, you know, take care of my family and take care of everybody. And so it's just, it's, it's a lot of time and it's about finding that space to allot that time. So if we get another, like, if I get another year to myself, maybe I'll make a fucking country album. We're in Henson's studio right now making the craziest shit right now. Like, well, well, why are you doing it's that? Because we words, got the time. Yeah, I mean, you're putting out a new album now. Right now is, you know, as we speak, is a new album. And now you're in the studio. Describe to me, last night you were in the studio making another album. So, Tonight. Tonight. Tonight, <laughs> he's Basically. not been asleep. You're not. You you haven't. What time? What time did you start working last? What? Let me understand. No wonder you're drinking. I mean, uh, I can't even. You don't even know what time it is. You're like a vampire. What? 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 What did you? What, like, when did you wake up yesterday to go to the studio? I woke up at two thirty in, in the afternoon. Two thirty in the afternoon, I went and, and I kissed my baby girl, <laughs> right. and then I went uh, and played some. When baby girl, that you referring to your girlfriend, or you have a baby? No, that's my daughter. Oh, you have a daughter? <laughs> yes, sir. That's been on the QT though. We didn't know you had a sure. daughter, right? You keep all that quiet. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I I want to let her make her own decisions. That's a. I admire that. I admire sorry. that. Yeah. Um, um, so this is. So two thirty wakes up. You go and kiss your baby girl, right? Mm -hmm. And and then we're off to where? What fun are we going to have? We're going to go right to the studio? No, sir. We no. go and we play some Apex Legends. We go look nice. at Magic the Gathering cards. Um, what did you pay up? for? What is the highest amount of money you ever played paid for a Magic the Gathering card? Eight hundred thousand dollars. Unfucking believable. Look at you. Eight hundred thousand dollars. Man, yeah. but what an investment. It was an artist, it was an artist print. Chris Rush signed Black Lotus. And do you, uh, wait a second. Do you, does your father ever get a hold of you? You go, come here, son. I'm going to smack you around right now. What do you mean? I tell you, I tell you what, the first time, the first, my dad knew I was out of hand when I worked at Chicken Express when I was a kid. I was making 200 bucks. So, right. and then I spent all that fucking money on a pair. So I saved up. 
there were like eight hundred dollar pair of Versace slippers. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I I spent like a month's paycheck on a pair of shoes. My dad was like, "Yo, dude, you're fucking nuts." <laughs> How old were you when you did that? I mean, I what was like the... 15, 15. You're the only fifteen year old I know who would even want Versace slippers. I mean, yeah. what did hey, you do? They with were fine. They were cool. You know, you I saw Trinidad Jade. Trinidad you have, James had them. <laughs> you have no sense of like, hey, I'm going to save for a rainy day. You're one of those guys that says, I'm making money. I'm going to spend it, right? That's it. No, sir. No, I'm a saver saving. now. You are? Yeah, I have a baby. Okay. I'm saving. I'm a good boy right. now. Right. It, I have substantially cut down spending. I'm Let's talk car. about that. <laughs> but let's talk about that. You want to spend $8,000 on Popeye's biscuits. How do you do that? Well, how does that happen? $8,000 on Popeye's biscuits. I don't pay for that. Oh, you don't? Postmates. Postmates? Yes, sir. And we get to feed people. And what? everybody's like, I hope they sent some fucking water because that just dries out. Oh, my God. So get back to So get back to that. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of biscuits. Let's get let's get back to the life. It, it, Apex. You, you kiss your baby. Then you play yes, some sir. Apex Legends, which is a video game. You mm -hmm. look through your your magic cards, right? Because why not? Hip, Howard. Yeah. Yo, you're super hip. Dude, I'm not. I'm at it. Listen, when you get to be my age, if you do get to be, it's a whole fucking other story. You can try to be relevant. You can pretend to be relevant, but you're not fucking relevant. I don't know what's going on. I'm not relevant. But um so you play Apex Legends, which is fun. You yes, you know, that's part of being a rock star. It's like, yes, dude, sir. I can fucking wake up, kiss my baby. And play Apex Legends and fuck sure. you. That, yeah, right. Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Go look at my Black Lotus. <laughs> right. Go look at your Black Lotus for 800 grand. I mean, it's, I hope you keep that locked up somewhere. I hope you have a safe or uh, something. No. Right. And you have other cool, you have a significant gun collection, right? I do too. I have, I have, I have these kinds of things. So you have cars, guns, video games and, and cool homes. So you've you've spent, and now you're in save mode. I'm in save mode. Look at you. I'm in save mode. I'm wait. I'm waiting for them to put me on Shark Tank so I could be like, yes, I'll I will invest and now make some money. Hopefully. <laughs> Post. What are you doing in terms of so to get to the studio? So you're playing, and I imagine Apex Legends relaxes you in a way that, so, like Willie Nelson has said. To me, he's told me the story of when he was writing, he wrote four hits in a row. He would just take a drive. And when you drive, he says, my mind goes loose. It's like Einstein used to have his best thoughts when he took a shower. It was just the hot water. And all of a sudden, your mind just goes somewhere. And then the you know E equals MC squared comes to you. A great song comes to you. I imagine when you're playing Apex Legends, shit comes to you, right? Like all of a sudden, you'll start hearing music in your head. No, shit literally comes to me because I write all my songs on the can. Real, when you're oh, shitting, okay. when, you're, <laughs> when you're shitting, it relaxes you. Oh, right? very much so. Yeah. And you've written, <laughs> what songs have you written while shitting? I'd say about 30% of all my albums have been written on the shitter. And wow. I'd say, I'd say, I'd say 60% of lyrics have been written on the shitter. And when you say Are, hey show, Howard, how how long? What's your what's your average shit? Well, I'm uh, I listen. I learned my lesson, and you're going to learn. It. You're a young man. I get off that pot, 
in in literally I shit and I'm off. I got a Toto toilet. You ought to get one of those. It shoots water up my ass. And oh, let I love me tell it. you, yeah, you have it. So I I uh, I'm I'm off of there in two minutes. I've learned my lesson. You're going to get roids and you're going to get all kinds. But if you're writing hit songs, if you're writing hit songs on the can, then just sit there. Let it happen. Dude. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like hour and a half, two hours. Oh, come on. Why? What yeah, is if going you bring on? your iPod, if you bring your iPad in, it's like, you yeah, but you got to stop that. Can I tell you, you what's going to happen? You got porn, you got ultimateguitar.com, you got all this shit. But you're not, you're not, you're not shitting and beating off at the same time, are you? No, sir. Um, no, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, just a, I'm just a guy. That might be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I separate those two. It's a hot two. take. It's a hot yeah. take. <laughs> but that's, but that's, but but if you're shitting, what do you do? Do you do you, um take your iPhone and start singing into it so you don't forget what's happening there on the on the can? No, I just I have a notepad, so it's not the iPad no, or the iPhone right. notes or the iTunes notes or whatever it is. Um, I have a special notepad off to the side where I can what, write my that you carry with you no matter where you go. A journal, e yes sir, yes sir. It's a, it's, and you it's take a, a pen and you journal. Oh, it's a digital journal. Mm. I would. I, you look like an analog guy. I would think you would just kind of like write down this shit. Like, like I would you know, lose like, it. I would. Kurt Cobain did that. He had that journal. I would you lose be, it though. You would lose it. Yeah, I would. He's he's a way smarter fucking guy than me. I would lose it. <laughs> no, he just there's kept no his way. journel. <laughs> yeah, then, uh, I'd try. I'd try, and I'd be like, "That's why I got I got a lighter around my neck in the yeah. studio right now <laughs> because if I didn't have this shit, I would, this shit would be gone in like two minutes." <laughs> Do you when you wait, but but you're not shitting that whole time, but you're sitting there. Are you mm. pushing the whole time because you really could get hemorrhoids? And I'm not making a joke. Uh, it's my special zone. Okay. It's, okay. It's my special zone. It's it's like it's a because no one wants to come talk to you while you're taking a shit. Right. Right. <laughs> no one wants time. to come and talk to you. No one. <laughs> I don't care who it is. But does your like, girlfriend? <laughs> does your girlfriend ever say to you? Is she your girlfriend or your wife at this point? This is my, she's my fiance. Fiance. Okay, you're engaged. Mm. Does your fiance ever say, "Listen, post, I love you, but for Christ's sake, you're disappearing for two hours in the can." We got a baby, you know, come on. Now you got to get out and you got to get a mingle a little bit. Is it, it's, it's too much of a hideaway, perhaps it's your man cave. Well, I wouldn't say it's a hideaway. I wouldn't say it's a hideaway as much as it's an oasis. I see. It's my special spot. No one, I don't care. I don't, my one time my mom was pooping and she had a candle lit on the back of the toilet. And it lit her hair on fire. Oh, and God. I was so hesitant to be in the, Mom, I'll come and save you. I'll save your life. Don't worry about it. I'm going to save your life, but I'm not going to like it. So you can you, live. Do you, do, you don't shit in front of your uh, fiance, do you? Never. You got separate I bathroom. usually keep the door closed, but if she comes in, I'm, I'm not scared. Really? Uh, no, I'm not scared. Th that's real love then. If she can, that's love. that's love. She's in love with you. I wow. So. But you never see her on the can, right? That's the no, no, <laughs> no, sir. But the, I, I never see it, but I'll be like, Hey, what's up? What do you want for dinner? And oh, dude, don't do that. And that That'll love ruin the whole, that, that, no, <laughs> that's a dangerous man. So, so, so I'm playing what, with fire. Part <laughs> of the process, the toilet. <laughs> post part of writing the, the, the new album 
was you said you, you took some shrooms and it gets you in the mood to write. It unlocked something in you to want to write again. It, again, that goes against your new, I don't want to say sobriety, but your the new responsible Post Malone who, you know, is worried about drinking too much and stuff. Sure. But the shrooms, the shrooms are in the mix or not? Have you taken that out of the mix? Shrooms are in the mix. Okay. For the studio. Yeah. Only why in not, the studio. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Wow. That's the rule. Only in the studio. And um I don't know. No wonder, it, you, no it, wonder you write another album. You can't wait to get in the studio. Let me take some fucking shrooms. <laughs> but dude, we're gonna do shrooms, get in the studio. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Nothing everything. See, you can make up your own rules when you're a successful musician. So what so you love shrooms? I like them. You like them, you don't love them. I love them. Yeah. You love them. All right. All right. That's fair. I enough. think it's important to take them around the right people and be in the right environment when you do it and take care of yourself and take care of others around you. You know, I, I did shrooms once. I, I, I did mescaline many times and I found it uh, annoying. Like I was giggling all the time. You know what I mean? And I was like, uh, no good songs came to me. It's very fucking, very fucked up. <laughs> I couldn't you get anything. You gotta, uh, I, you I can't wait to hear you shit. <laughs> I, I shit, no songs come to me. I do mescaline, no songs come to me. I've done acid, I didn't hear one tune. Have you ever, have you ever shit and done mescaline at the same time? No, no, I never well, should. Hey, that, that's a, well, <laughs> maybe that's the key to unlocking me. Ah. You know, when I um, now now talk to me about cigarettes. Since we're talking about substance and stuff, the, the cigarettes drive me crazy. Billy Joel smokes, and whenever I, I'm, I'm fortunate to know him, and I say, "Billy, you got the most beautiful voice," and you know, I go, "Honey," he goes, "I know, I know, I shouldn't, but he'll smoke a cigarette." You're doing what? Two packs a day. What, where are you at? Probably. I just right. about. Yeah. And I share. What? I'm a good sharer. So. What do you yeah, mean? Two packs a day. Okay. I'll give him out. Is it, let me hold a cigarette. Yeah. I think while he's been sitting here, he's had a pack. What are you talking That's about? It. You're constantly <laughs> biting. I can count them. I count them in the cup. We got six. Post. That's not so bad. Um, I'm nervous. I'm on the fucking TV, man. I don't know. I know. I know. But you know what, Post? I got to tell you. I was a smoker. I, nothing you, you can mention any drug. Smoke cigarette smoking was the the most addictive because I loved mm. it. It gave me confidence. Mm. I'd walk in a room, mm. nobody was talking to me. At least I had my cigarette and I looked sort of mm. cool. I felt I looked cool. Imagine I'm sitting smoking. <laughs> I look cool. I, I figured girls will talk to me if I smoke, and it was like a, my whole thing. But I stopped as soon as I got on the radio because my voice would get tired. Mm. We got to get you off the cigarettes. You got a beautiful voice, dude. We gotta, we got to. What are we gonna do about this? Um, what's the plan? That's a, it's a great question. I used to smoke inside. I used to smoke in my house. This, you this will make you happy. Now I smoke outdoors. I am happy to hear that. Yeah, yeah for the most part. For in, uh, in my house, I don't. Outside all day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't stop. I literally By run the way, my house all day. <laughs> I started doing, I'll give you the secret though. I started doing, when I was 18 years old, I started doing transcendental meditation. And I don't know what the fuck happened. I suddenly lost the desire. It was like, dude, I was outside, I was breathing the fresh air, and I went, this is fucking not jiving with me. Like, uh, I'm, mm. I'm breathing air, but I'm also breathing in the cigarette smoke. And I quit. Mm. So I th thank well, God that's for a, that. I, I got buddies that are like, hey, I got hypnotized and I stopped smoking. And I'm like, well, I don't, I, like I said, I don't want 
someone to tell me how to feel. So I'm like, I don't know how it's going to change me. I'm like, you know, it's scary stuff. And a cigarette is nice. I like it. Oh, I loved it. Nothing more. And I'm working on it. I'm working on it. All right. Okay. I'll take your word for it. Let me tell you something, dude. (laughs) That I first got turned on to you, not through the music of your own. I didn't know your music. When I saw mm. you do that Nirvana tribute, mm. holy fuck, I said, this guy's talented. Motherfucker, you did, you just, what was it, New Year's Eve or Christmas or something? You said to your buddies, let's go in a room. Let's all put on dresses to, as a tribute to Kurt Cobain. Sure, yes, sir. Grab our guitars and fucking play the music of, do the whole fucking album, Kurt, Kurt Cobain music. And dude, you blew me out the room with your talent. It was a view. How much rehearsal time did you put in on that? Um, for me, yeah, three days, three days, really? and then I had everybody come in. Travis and Brian and 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 Nick, and they just learned the songs on their own, and we came in, and that's how the that's how the song goes. You know, we figured it out. So, so, so those guys come in. Professional musicians can do that. You tell them to learn music, but you still have to go in a room and learn the chord changes and memorize <laughs> sure, it, right? Yes, yeah. yeah, you can't just and start of course, playing. Because I fuck it up every time. So, it's do you? Like, it's how I fuck it up. <laughs> do you fuck it up <laughs> every time? Really? And it seemed like a beautiful thing to do. Now, it's. I read that you went to Courtney Love to ask permission or to get her blessing to do that. Uh why do you have to get her blessing? I'm just curious. Uh, what what was your thought there? Well, we went to uh, Kurt's daughter, and um, it was it's important to me because I love Kurt um, so much, and he's been such an inspiration to me musically. And um, it, I don't, I could. I could never want to offend anybody by trying to show support. So I just wanted to make sure everything was okay. And um it was okay and we we raised money for a good cause and and um we got to play some fucking some of the most fucking epic songs ever. On your face it says stay away. That's mm. in honor of Kurt Cobain, right? Stay away. Yes sir. Yes sir. Was that the first face tattoo you ever got? No, sir. <laughs> My first face tattoo was, it looks like a marshmallow face. You know the DJ Marshmallow? Yeah, I, we, yeah, I do. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. Go ahead. He, <laughs> Just act like I, I know. A, yeah. It was, a, it was a, a smiley face with X eyes. And I was like, fuck, it looks like Marshmallow, dude. <laughs> He's just supposed to be a drunk guy. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. I like Marshmallow. He's such a sweet guy. But I'm like, I don't want a face tattoo of you. <laughs> you well, know? I was scared shitless of you because, you know, when I was growing up, I mean, I got tattoos. But if you got a face tattoo, mm. it either meant you were in a gang, you know, with mm. the teardrop thing and you killed the dude. Or it meant you're out of your fucking mind. And also the the word was that. A tattoo artist would never, ever do somebody's face. Mm. But nowadays they do. Dudes are doing it all the time now. Mm. And, and when you went for the first one, did the guy sit you down like an intervention and go, dude, 
I'm a tattoo artist. I can't do this to you. Or is he just go, let's go for it. No, I think we were both sober. So, I mean, right. Cool. It all went normal. <laughs> <laughs> as normal as that can. Yeah. It, yeah, it went normal. <laughs> it was like were you normal. freaking <laughs> the first one. Were you freaking out the first time you did it? Cause like I, whenever I get a new tattoo and I look at it, I go, Oh shit. It's so glaringly big. It looks much bigger on me. Mm. Like I remember when I tattooed my hands, I was like, "Oh, it looks big. My, it makes my fingers mm. look different and stuff." And like all of a sudden, I, I get into a panic, like I just fucked up. Uh, did you have any of those misgivings? No, sir. No. I think everything that I have takes me back to a time in my life, and um, whether I like it or not, those times happen, and right. this is my story. And this is how I look, and this is who I am, you know. I've heard you in interviews. Sorry, say, Mom. Yeah, but uh, oh, your mom must have, your mom must have freaked out when you did that, dude. Oh my god, my mother freaked out when I got an earring, and when I got my first tattoo, I thought she, she goes, "Your body is my body. That's my body. You've done this to." And I went, "Oh fuck." She's fuck. Really, oh my god, I mean, mothers, you know, they don't. It, you're their baby you know man though i gotta tell you something i've heard you describe yourself you go i'm a strange look i say i'm fallon you said you were a strange looking guy and then you mm. said i'm an other times you were more blunt you're an ugly motherfucker i feel that way about me i i, I can't mm. stand looking in the mirror i fucking feel like i'm the ugliest human being i've ever seen uh in a way it's kind of do you think it's like a defensive mechanism like fuck you you think i'm ugly i'll fuck myself up even more or is it also sort of a projection like, you know what, fuck you again. I'm not going to, I'll do whatever you think is unconventional. I think it's both. I think definitely, like I've said, but I, I got a face for radio. I'm no, a you don't. Chubby, you don't. Chubby. Thank no. you. You think I'm cute? I think you're a really good looking guy. And I think you, <laughs> Thank you, you Howard. I really do. I think you've got a really nice nose. Thank you. You got a good facial structure. Thank and you look in the mirror and you see. And I feel the only reason I feel sad for you is because I got the same affliction. I can't stand to look at myself. I won't look at a picture of myself. I don't let people take pictures of me. I think I am just so fucking damaged that all I see is ugly. I really do. Well, I think and, you're beautiful, too, and you have a beautiful jawline and a really beautiful smile, Howard. We should get together and just blow each other. It'll be awesome. <laughs> hey, that's something, uh, man. Yeah. <laughs> Ultimate guitar and Post Malone and Howard Stern. <laughs> so, so finish your day after you Switch play. Tabs. <laughs> after you finish video games, because this is great. Even though you're 26 and you got a fiance and you got a baby now, I still like that you can have the the, the childlike life in a sense. Because I think to be a great artist, you need that. If you lose that, they'll fuck you up. So playing some video games, looking at your magic cards and everything. Mm. And then do we go to the studio or then is there still more fun before we get to the studio and do the shrooms? No, nah, then, right? then we then go. Then we go. Kiss my baby again. Go to the studio. Now, when we get to the studio, are the shrooms laid out to us? Is there a guy who like comes to the studio and like he sets everything up, including the shrooms? He's not the shroom guy, but he's right. Bernie Bell. He takes care, good care of me. And, right. Um, he gives me some special bubble gum and we, and we get it, you know? And then the shrooms hit and then you are on your way to writing 
fuck. We, how long we, does it we, take? Yeah, how long is it before we start smelling the money? I mean, you know what I mean? <laughs> 30 okay. minutes. 30 minutes. <laughs> it's a good, good. We're going right there afterwards. So you, really? you guys go- are more than welcome to fly out. <laughs> right after here, we're going to the studio. What yeah, a come life. On. Oh, man. No wonder you, of course you can, uh, you can say, uh, I don't do, I don't do, uh, uh, shrooms outside of the studio. You're always in the studio. No one can find yeah. you. Uh, try to, try to be. Right, right. What about when you, when you start the tour? Are you gonna, you gonna, you gonna, uh, do shrooms or no? No shrooms for the tour. No, sir. Probably just a couple beers. Probably you will because it's so, it's anxiety getting mm. up on stage. It's so scary. And then after still? the first, uh, still. Every single time. Dude, Every you look so time. free on stage. When I see you dancing in those shorts and stuff, even when you were a kid, <laughs> I'm like, this is Are like you the watching freest- those? Fuck yeah, I watch it. I told you, you're a good looking guy. You got a bad perception of yourself. Thank you very much, I'm telling you. You in short shorts, I like it. I like yeah, I'll it. I'll take what I can get. I'll take what you I can fuck get. Fuck yeah. You got me? <laughs> I'm a fan. You pulled a good one. <laughs> you did. Um, but anyway, hey, hey, so wait, I'm excited about this. Your, um, again, I have to tell you, your Nirvana tribute was incredible. It turned me on to you. And all of a sudden, I was less scared of you because when I saw the face tattoos, you know, and I'm a guy who's got tattoos, but I was scared. You, you projected sure. an image to me. I was like, this is a bad motherfucker. I mean, this guy will fuck me up. <laughs> and, then, and you're like the sweetest guy. You know what I mean? Sir, you're the sweetest fucking guy. Thank you. It's just, that's it. So I heard today you're going to first start with a cover song. Sure. And I was like, I wonder what Post is going to do. What's the cover he's going to do? And after this whole getting to know you a little bit, the fact that you're doing Better Man by Pearl Jam. Ooh. Mm. It's fantastic because, <laughs> dude, you're trying to be a better man. That's very true. It's very true. <laughs> what a fucking morning we're having. <laughs> this is a beautiful celebration. Post's going to be touring with Roddy Rich beginning September 10th. I'm going to let you in on this because you don't seem to know. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you very much, sir. <laughs> yeah. Post will be touring with Roddy Rich beginning. Did you know? You didn't know Roddy Rich is going to be there? No, I knew that. I knew right, that. I just right. didn't know the date. He didn't know when the, to show up. Yeah. I just Roddy, go where they tell me to go, Howard. By the way, Roddy Rich is on the second track, Cooped Up, from Post's new album. Here, I'll play a little mm. Cooped Up right here. Listen to this. Let's see if you remember this song. Let me find it, because I got the whole album here in front of me. You want to say anything about Cooped Up? No, sir. Before I play? Nothing? I w- you don't want to? Okay. <laughs> no. Roddy right. Rich is the most beautiful man in the universe. That's it. I thought Justin Bieber was the most beautiful man in the universe. There's a lot of beautiful men in this world. Uh, his dad. His, you know, everybody's been beautiful. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I can name I a guess, few who I guess the beautiful men remind me of my father. Here we go. Listen to this. <laughs> Twelve carat toothache. Wow. Wow. <laughs> You're blown out by your own song. You're like going, wow. You can't even believe it. Wow. Well, sometimes, you know, you say some shit, you're like, wow. Yeah, I guess so. Pretty profound. 
<laughs> so Roddy's going to be there. That's going to be fun. You'll be with your pal. Yes, Pre-sale yes. tickets are available tomorrow. Oh, this thing is way planned. You're you're acting casual, but you're going out on the are road. Are you going to buy one? Fuck yeah, of course. Yes. Yeah, you're going to well, give me got, a free it, ticket. It's free. It's I'll give you a reimbursement. I'll give you a hundred bucks when you show up. <laughs> when I show up, you give me a hundred bucks. <laughs> Pre-sale tickets are available tomorrow and to the general public on Friday. Sirius XM is giving away a trip to a winner's choice of tour locations at Sirius xm.com post uh, slash post malone look at that free ticket anywhere you Howard, want can i ask you a favor please anything you give me can a I favor you a, showed up can i take a piss before i sing this song are you gonna shit or are you gonna piss i'm Come gonna on. ten one it's just a number one <laughs> all right Go pee, and I'm going to talk to your buddy who's going to play guitar for you. Who is this? Introduce this gentleman. This is us. Andrew fucking what, ladies and gentlemen. This is Andrew's your producer, right? Guitar player in the universe. He is one of my producers. Yeah. Go yeah. piss. Do it quick. Don't 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 take shrooms and space out on me. Right. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And leave that that pad here. <laughs> yeah. Leave that thing there. <laughs> so you, up, so hey, how you doing? Good. How good a guitar player are you? Can you play? Uh, go ahead. Play something. What do you got? Let me hear. What if I said to you, if you're warming up, Andrew's your name, right? Yes. Andrew, first of all, do you take the shrooms? Are you going to be in the studio when he does the shrooms? Yeah. Yeah. No. I have no? a Jewish mother, so I don't want to. I don't want to comment. You know? <laughs> oh, okay. I hear you. So you're not going to do the shrooms, but so you're part of this whole scene. Do you go and play video games over his house? I don't play video games. I just play no. music. And you guys are close brothers. I mean, do you? Do you, of or you just? Is it just a work thing? No, it goes very deep. When when Post did that whole thing with Ozzy Osbourne, because they yeah. did a song together, and I love that song. By the way, I thought Ozzy sounded great on it. That was your idea. Yeah. yeah. No shit. How'd you get Ozzy? What, what I remember, he was sick at the time. He was in the hospital or something. Yeah, he broke his neck. He's actually getting surgery today. Another neck surgery today. Wow, Ozzy um, is. He's probably yeah. He's on the way there now. Um, but yeah, um, there's a a funny story. Post, you know, I actually never even really talked about this with him, but he bought a Ozzy picture from the Rainbow home with him. And Lou actually told me this story about him taking this picture of Ozzy off the wall home with him, and it just went to me. It was like. What if Post did a song with Ozzy? You know, he's, Ozzy's one of my favorites ever. And I had met Kelly, his daughter, who's amazing, um, recently at the time. And I asked her if Ozzy would ever be into something like that. She loved the idea. So me and Lewis, who you'll see later, put the initial idea together. And then it just kind of came together after that. That's, that's, a, I mean, we're talking, hey, Post, we're talking about, uh, we're talking about when you worked with Ozzy, and uh, Andrew was talking about how he got Ozzy to do that song with you, which was uh, pretty cool. I love that. That's one of my uh, favorite things. Nice little collaboration. And, uh, you know, working with Ozzy, that's a pretty big deal. For that a is guy. a fucking big deal. Were that's you nervous like working coolest. with him, or do you get nervous working with a guy like that? I mean, because of yeah, I mean, all the shit he's done. I get nervous working with Andrew. Um, you do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah Andrew. It's, it's in, it's incredible. He's an incredible man and he fucking crushed it. Yeah. Andrew is better man, a hard song to play on guitar. Yeah. 
it's uh it kind of just plays itself it's one of those songs that just kind of the chords all make sense but um it's got an interesting right hand thing finger so, thing like you were talking about post why uh why better man today what are you thinking um i don't know i think i guess i remember mm, my brother jordan um he was a marine and he was stationed in hawaii and we went out to go see him i was 12 13 maybe maybe and he played this song we were driving around and this was on an island you could drive around in a couple hours and he played it and i guess i just been thinking about that a lot lately it's you've been thinking about moment. your brother You've been thinking about that time with your brother, or are you just thinking like, uh, so when you hear Better Man, you think mm. about your brother who is a Marine. Every moment, and it makes me fucking cry. Is your brother still alive? Yes, sir. He's just a beautiful man, and he introduced me to Pearl Jam in a big fucking way. Do you know Eddie Vedder? No, sir, but Andrew does. Well, he is a beautiful man. We had him on the show and talked to him for quite some time, and I I've gotten to know him a little bit. Boy, oh, boy, is he some guy. I mean, he is something. Yes. He yeah. seems like it. Yeah. yeah. No, I can't wait. I can't wait to just crack a beer with him and hang out. That's going to be a long hang. No, that's going to be a long <laughs> hang. <laughs> I say get him in the studio. Let's do shrooms with him. I mean, uh, well, say, hey, hey, you know, you, you know? never know what's going to happen. <laughs> that's right. Funny you say that. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Dude, Andrew, what the fuck? <laughs> No, sir, but Andrew does. Well, he is a beautiful man. We had him on the show and talked to him for quite some time, and I, I've gotten to know him a little bit. Boy, oh, boy, is he some guy. I mean, he is something. Yes. He yeah. seems like it. Yeah. yeah, no, I can't wait. I can't wait to just crack a beer with him and hang out. That's going to be a long hang. No, that's going to be a long <laughs> hang. <laughs> I say get him in the studio. Let's do shrooms with him. I mean, uh, well, say, hey, hey. You know, you, you know. never know what's going to happen. That's right. Funny you say that. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Dude, Andrew, what the fuck? Andrew, you could Jewish mothers listening. You better not say anything about mushrooms. You sit there quiet. <laughs> how long, it how, how, what age did you know you? I mean, Post figured out guitar real quick on his own. Did you get guitar lessons, Andrew? Or uh, did you figure it out on your own? It's so funny hearing you say that because I didn't even know that about you. Same thing with me. I did like one day with the guy. And I was yeah. like. I don't want to learn anything you showed me. I'm actually better than Andrew. He is. So. <laughs> You're a better no, guitar joking. player than Andrew? I'm completely joking. I'm completely joking. <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> so w the way we've worked this out is Andrew's going to play guitar on Better Man, and Post, you're mm. going to sing. This is it. I'll, I will do my attempt at singing. I can't wait for this. I love this song. It's All right, boys. I'm I'm going to leave it to you. And Andrew, please don't fuck this up on guitar, okay? Post the, <laughs> we'll, we'll fire you. All right, here we go. <laughs> She 
This is her speech as she opens the door. She rolls over, pretends to sleep as he looks her over. She lies and says she's in love with him. Can't find a better man. She dreams in color, she dreams in red. Can't find a better man. Malone nice. singing better, nice. man. Yeah, I gotta go. Love you, Eddie. I gotta I sit on too, the. Eddie. I gotta sit on the toilet, man, and get my shit together. <laughs> I really do, man. You're making me feel like a schlub. I'm just not you right. Sit the on the toilet and you get your to shit shower. together. <laughs> I gotta get my shit together. That is you beautiful. Get what on a the toilet. You know something about these guys. I'm talking about Nirvana, Pearl Jam. Uh, our man Chris uh, Cornell from Soundgarden. Mm. You take a couple of these bands from the 90s, 
Man, I you know, I mean, I lived through the 70s, and that was great music, but something about that 90s music, I just mm. still, I can't get over the, the, the incredible amount of great music being written. You know? Mm. It's kind of mind-blowing. Yes, it's insane. I, w I was born in 95, so I, I came across stuff a little bit later, and... um it's just always been fucking incredible and it's always hit me in the fucking stomach and just made me feel, you know, yeah. it's just the most incredible shit. Yeah, it really, really is. So let's talk about this song you're going to do from the new album. Mm. Getting all excited about the new album, Post Malone. This guy comes out with an album. People listen. 12 Carat Toothache. Mm. Uh, yeah, this tune is called Reputation. Mm that you're going to do from the new album. Any thoughts about this you want to share about reputation? Is this about your reputation? This is about, um, this is about the dark times in my life. Um, this is about the sad times in my life. Um, and something that I really <clears throat> needed to express and something that I really needed to talk about and the, the the weight that I felt whenever I was a kid going out and, and touring and, and had this responsibility on my shoulders. And um, Louis Bell is the fucking most incredible songwriter, producer, um, lyricist in the fucking world. And, and it's me, Louis, and Andrew in this studio right now going nuts. What's up, Louis? Hey, Louis. So what is Louis's process with you, Post? Hey, Louis, how you doing? Good to see you. This was on. <laughs> Yeah. Nice to meet you. Uh, according to Post, you're the most beautiful man. Two minutes ago was the other dude, Andrew. Fuck! But, uh, <laughs> yeah. You're not supposed to say that to him, though. Yeah, I know. I'll, I'll, I'll but but, uh, but what is the relationship in terms of songwriting? In other words, uh, you guys are full collaborators. You sit down and uh, Post says, look, man, I, I'm, I'm feeling like I want to get an album out, a song out about my some of my hard times. And then what do you do? You try to tap into that? Yeah, just listen to what he's saying, and it's it becomes this unspoken thing where I have to just read him without talking. He doesn't want to say too much. He just wants to, he wants me to pick it up. It has to be these subtle nodes that I that I have to sense, and then he'll say some things. I have to pick up on some cues, and then somehow or another, it's like a higher power is just connecting us on a, and we're just it's it's like the way Gene Wilder describes his relationship with Richard Pryor the first time they met where they were just magically on the same page and we would hum the same things and make the same puns and the same jokes and we immediately just became brothers since the first time we met it was how, how do you do meet each other like who who introduces you post I mean it's an intimate thing writing songs writing music I mean how do you find someone who's gonna vibe with you so when you go in the studio you have a true collaboration we were friends on Pornhub, <laughs> so ah. we would message each other back and forth. What type um, of porn do you guys like? I'm I'm into uh, stepmoms. I don't know why, but I love watching stepmoms and their and their kids fuck. Naughty, naughty bitch. Well, what are you watching? <laughs> what, L Lewis? Oh, what, what are you into? Yeah, hey, you know, it's a nice Ashkenazi Jew, you know. I like something that. with music. <laughs> something, yeah, music related. <laughs> Everything with you has got to be music, man. Don't you ever turn it off? Uh, that's the problem. Well, you honestly, when I sleep, yeah, that's it. Right, right. Um, you've worked with uh, Taylor Swift and, and Camila Cabello, and uh, so you have your choice of people you want to work with. How do you? How, how does someone approach you about you know? Because I'm thinking about working with you, but. Uh, 
not sure how I'm going to approach you. You don't have the bankroll for that. I mean, nowadays, it, people just, back in the day, people had to hit your manager, and now people just hit you on Instagram and be like, hey, right. I'm, I'm a fan. And it could be anybody. I mean, sometimes I'll go in my inbox and be like, wow, I can't even believe that person reached out. But that's, I guess that's how people do it nowadays, that no one wants to go through managers. They just want to hit you directly. But yeah, I just try to be very selective. And I mean, and, and post is, post is my main my main priority as far as I want to make sure he's good and if he's trying to work and, and do things I, I always put everything to the side and make sure I'm there for him so anything else just has to be natural organic and if an artist that I, that hits me that I go wow I, I love I love that artist's work then then I will so figure post out how to work and reached, post reached out to you and he no, said so actually well so actually my manager uh, and his manager knew each other, and then I'd always been a fan of Post's early stuff because the producers he was working with was playing his stuff at at my studio, and I was like, damn, I'd love to work with this guy one day. And by the grace of God, it happened, and uh, you know, we got in the room with him, and literally from the first time we met, we just kind of clicked, and and I was like, wow, it, it just it was it was fate. And uh, do you ever get jealous of a guy like Post in the sense that he's got the he's the front man? And, and, and like, do you get jealous of Taylor Swift when you're working with her or Camilla Cabal? In other words, do you ever have that thing in you that says, I got to be the front man. I want my own band. Um, it, it, or did you always envision being a collaborator? Cause it's an interesting career here. You're a really super successful guy, but I wouldn't know your name offhand. You know what I mean? It's a, it's yeah. a, it's interesting. It, it, it was one of those things where I think when I was younger, I imagined myself as like, oh, maybe I'll be a rapper, maybe I'll be a singer, maybe I'll be an actor. But as I got older and started creating and then started working with, with artists like Post and just other talented artists, I started realizing that, you know, the collaborative process and being behind the scenes was much more freeing and you know i i look at being famous as it's such a burden and it's it's no one no one wants to it's like some people want to be famous but i think people who are just massively talented and have a gift to give to the world now they bear this responsibility of having to deal with all this these eyeballs and questions and so it's a thing where i was always like as i started to get close to it and see it you know firsthand i realized wow i i'm i'm so thankful that i'm behind the scenes and and yeah, that's kind of a cool job it's kind of a cool job Honestly. being the producer, like like, and people know, and they call you, and you get to work with different people. I don't know. It's 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 pretty cool. Although, but in terms of getting laid, like Post can walk in the room and go, "Yeah, I'm Post Malone." <laughs> he didn't even have to say it. You have to go up and go, "Listen, by the I, way, I wrote with yeah, this guy, I, okay, and and you should be fucking me too, right?" I have to explain what it is. <laughs> yes, I make the beats. So like, what is that? Like, what is a beat? You know, that, no, nobody knows. Yeah, so it's. No one you said that earlier too, Howard. What is yeah. a beat? <laughs> yeah, what is a beat? Describe to me. Because the rest of us are idiots. What? What is a beat? In other words, you you come up with these beats. With show me what you'd bring to post. Like, is there a beat in your head you can give me an example of that you would bring to post that you would think would be worthy? I mean, a beat. You know, you just start playing chords, so you could just do this, and you know. You just start with some simple chords, and then he would start singing. How about a balloon? <laughs> and start going. Let me try. But I mean, you just you give start playing stuff. He mm. starts singing. Mm. Let me give me a beat. We don't I'm have to do this. Give me something good, original, so I can fucking have a hit song. Let's I'm gonna see. do it. Let's see. Original. Listen to this post. Let's see, my new collaborator. Mom. 
mushrooms. I want to write a hit song. Give me my fucking mushroom. Uh, what do you think? It's called Mushrooms, by the I way. I think that's the hottest shit I've ever heard. I'm good. <laughs> right on so that's how it works. You come in with that, and then Post starts doing his thing. And, uh, and, that- and then Post goes and what? Takes his shit and then comes back with more? And uh, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> when, he yeah, comes, when he comes back with, with lyrics from the shitter, I, I'm a happy man because I know I know they're going to be the best lyrics I ever heard. Because that's where he, that's where he does his best Thanks. work. Well, you when you look at the lyrics, there's never feces on the lyrics or anything where Post has had an accident or anything. Like yeah, that. I don't touch his phone. I I, I leave that to right. him. But, there's definitely but, a bunch of shit on my phone. <laughs> when you guys just joking. When you guys will you got will you be out on the tour also? Will you be performing on stage with Post? You know, maybe some, maybe some dates. Maybe we we'll figure figure it out. I mean, a lot, a lot of times. I mean, he he's done band stuff before, but a lot of times he'll he'll kind of have some tracks. Sometimes have musicians come out. You know, like when I he see. performed with Ozzy. You know, he had Andrew come out and do guitars. So it it all depends on what's happening in the in the accompaniment of the song. Yeah, I love that. I love that moment with Ozzy. That is a beautiful. Uh, when you go on YouTube and and Google that, I love it. Oh, beautiful. The blend of these two guys was really nice. So let's talk about the, uh, the, the. We're celebrating the new album. Post Malone is here, and we're talking about this song "Reputation," talking about some uh, difficult times. I think to be a great artist, you got to be able to tap into um, emotion. I can't do that. I've been taught in my life to cut off every emotion. The psychiatrist I work with has been trying to get me to be more emotional, more in touch with shit that's happened in my life, and I don't like to think about it. I just want to look away. And not be affected by anything. The the process on reputation is post. You got to look at some shit you don't want to look at, and you got to really let it in. And you got to go, and you have to cry it out, right? You have to get through the tears and all that other stuff, and and write about some real pain in your life. Mm. And there 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 was tears writing this song, and um, as soon as I heard the piano by by Lou, I was just absolutely stunned and um by the beat um yeah absolutely and i figured why not just fucking sing my heart out and how i felt and nice i think it's a very pretty song and 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 lou you sit with these beats sometimes up to three years (laughs) you you keep them stored up and you wait till the right time to approach an artist how long have you been sitting like 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 Post gets blown out by this beat, but were you sitting with this thing for years, waiting for the right moment? Well, this this particular beat actually was something I came up with that night, and I just I was like I just could hear him on it, and I know he was in the zone of working. You know, he was in Utah at the time, and and I I had just finished this piano piece, and I was like ah, I could just I, I just I know he'll like this. You know, let's see. Sometimes it would take him a few hours or a day to respond because he just he's in the middle of living his life. So I sent it to him, and then. Like two minutes later, he was like, "Oh my god, this is amazing!" And then, like a day later, he sent me back a, the the demo of the song, which ended up becoming pretty much the final version. And wow. I was I, I cried the first time I heard it. I was like, it was just, you know, he was just being so honest on it. So moments like that, you just realize, you know, that whole thing was it was it was it felt destined because it's sometimes I'll sit on beats like you said for three years five years nothing ever happens but sometimes it happens you know in ten minutes you know and that's that's the real magic how weird must it be you come up with something and then post takes it and he probably takes it in another direction like you're like oh I didn't envision that it must be a weird process 
That's honestly the best part about it is because I feel like if I did what I would do, I'm bored by it. It's what I would expect. It's kind of like, why even do that? But when he does what he does, it's like, that's the whole point. That's the collaboration. That's the marriage of the two. So, yeah, it's just, it's that's that's the most rewarding thing out of, out of all of it. Well, I can't wait to hear it. Here are the boys doing Reputation.
Call my check, call my check. Let me talk on my cigarette, cigarette. Come my thumb up, call my check, call my check. Let me talk on. That is most fucking beautiful. Oh, my God. That is a beautiful song, dude. I had chills through that whole song. They, see what you mean, man. What a, oh my God. what a beautiful song that is. I love the arrangement, the whole thing. Post, that's a beauty. You boys are Thank good you. collaborators. Oh, my God. <laughs> I felt your pain on that one, man. Oh, yeah. That's a tough song to sing, huh? Sir. You know, I was just thinking when you were doing it. Here were my thoughts. Uh, everything you talked about this morning and going through what you've been through in your life, boy, I felt everything that you wanted me to feel in that song. And that song didn't exist. Like, until you two dudes got together in a studio. Like, and you think, man, maybe every song's been written that could be written. You know what I mean? Like, like we've heard billions of songs, and yet that's something new and original, and it's just as moving as anything. It's just really insanely good. Wow. You must be so proud of that song. I, it's one of my favorite songs I've ever done. And and Lou is an absolute fucking madman. And um, I'm I'm so happy. And, and, and it feels good to fucking sing it for the first time live here. Nice. <laughs> and, and you're a real poet, man. That's Wouldn't you classify yourself as a poet? I mean, your lyrics are meaningful and, and really you're writing poetry. Isn't, isn't that the case? I try my best to express and um, we've done so much and we've seen so much and we've lived so much and I know that I'm not alone and no one out there is fucking alone. So um, I'm here for them, you know, and, and to uplift each other with every fucking move we make and we... and you know just try to uplift everyone and i see what lou's saying like man when you start singing over that i am not bored i am hooked into that song <laughs> i get it it's weird Lou, it's yeah weird, i can imagine right? that, i mean that's those the beats song and, that li people listen to and yeah. they get to express the pain and suffering and hurt that they haven't been able to express right when you say, I got a reputation that I can't deny you're a superstar, entertain us, entertain us, entertain us, entertain us is another, uh, I guess, nod to Kurt Cobain, right? Yes. Entertain us, entertain us. Mm. Uh, yeah, and, cool. it's, and it's very tough. It's because, you know, as, as much as I love going on tour and as much as I love playing songs for people, there's, there's very much a... Every night you go out in front of thousands of people for four months at a time. And it is it is hard. It is hard. And especially like, oh, you're you're sitting at home and it's like, oh, fuck. Um, Austin just had a baby. But I, all this shit, there's there's no time for yourself. So it's not it's not necessarily like. Fuck, man, entertain us. But it's just like. There's a sacrifice involved with everything that you do mm. and every and every move that you make. And um, 
it, it, it took a toll on me, and now we're here. And now we're here, and I'm the happiest I've ever fucking been. Oh, uh, that's great. I'm the happiest I've ever fucking been. Am I supposed to call you Austin or Post? Maybe you, maybe you want to drop the whole Post thing. Anything but late for dinner. What do you prefer? Like, what, is, <laughs> what does Lou call you? Lou calls me. What it's do you what, call me? I'll, I'll call him Post, but <laughs> when I'm talking to his dad, I'll say Austin, because it's weird to say Post to his dad, you know? So a, if I'm talking to family, I'll, I'll always say, oh, you know, Austin did this, but yeah. To him, I've just always called him Post. It's just, Austin feels like I'm about to yell at him or something. You know, it just feels very know, It's fucking weird, isn't it? You know, I know guys Post like, like Kid Rock. You don't know, do you? I, I used to say to him, do I call you Kid? Or like, then he's got another name, and you know, you know, I just don't know what the hell you're doing. It's, uh, it gets confusing. It really does. What happened Posty, to Posty came from I my football coach. Oh, that's from what my is that? football coach. What post? Posty, that's Posty. from my football coach. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll call you Posty. I'm going to call you Posty. Whatever you'd like. Oh, all right, thanks. <laughs> what do I call you? Me, sir. You've been calling <laughs> me sir it. the whole time, sir. Call, the where'd that come from? You must have a military <laughs> background or something. Is that from your brother, <laughs> no, <laughs> sir? Uh, just um. Texas. Mr. Stern uh, would be nice, or uh, no, no, Howard. Just call me Howard. It's such a great name. What a no, classic name! I didn't want name. to talk because he would call me ma'am good... again. I was like, I'm not ma'am. having that. <laughs> you deserve I'm so it. Sorry. I'm so sorry. Well, you know, man, it's part of your whole it's, thing. It's, man. it's in my programming. It's hard right. to shake. You know? <laughs> well, this has been a lot of fun. I, I, I kept you busy for too many hours. I know you got to get into the studio. We got the shrooms waiting for us, and everyone's going to be happy. But man, oh man, that, that new song is Ooh. monster. I yeah, fucking love stay it. Stay with me for a while. You bet. And uh, Lou, nice to meet you. And uh, sure. tell Andrew, nice to meet him. And Post Malone, let me just uh, wrap things up by saying, for sure, that uh, your new album, Twelve Carat Toothache, demands to be listened to. It is now available. These songs were all created on a toilet bowl, we learned today. A lot of people don't know that. And let me tell you. They don't tell you that in school, so you can go to school no. all day long. And then no, you know, it's funny. as many guitar lessons as you want. <laughs> you didn't ever teach you shit on the... Man, you taught me stuff. You know, I've interviewed Paul McCartney like four or five times, and the guy never took a shit and put out a good song. But uh, Post has done it, man. And uh, Post is going to be touring with Roddy Rich. Lou, you know Roddy Rich. Come on. Oh, yeah. Right. Right. Post Rod will... the most beautiful man in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Evidently. Beside you. Post will be touring with Roddy Rich beginning September 10th. Roddy Rich is on the second track, Hooped Up, that I played before from Post's new album. Pre-sale tickets are available tomorrow and uh, to the general public on Friday. That's going to be exciting. Go see the man. He's a hell of an entertainer and surprisingly a good dancer. Every time I've seen your performances, uh, I'm, I'm shocked by the dancing. Uh, the man's got moves. Got moves. Keep me up on your tabs. You bet. <laughs> Sirius XM is also giving away a trip to a winner's choice of tour locations at SiriusXM.com slash Post Malone. Thank you for these beautiful songs today, and thanks for talking about your life. And i uh, got mad respect for you. And, uh, man, I tell you, this has been one fun morning. Thanks for making it so much fun, and, uh, and best of luck with the new album and everything else. And thanks for being here. Well, thanks for having us. And, um... I love you so much. Thank you for being kind to us, Howard, Robin. Oh, you bet. And, you bet. Uh, oh, please, our pleasure. Thank and you. And by the way, I love you guys so much. Thank you. 
Next time we have Post on, we're going to talk about Post has seen a ghost, right? You saw some kind of UFO fly under your door. Is that correct? Am I, or am I oh, I seen off? a bunch of shit. I, we could do the whole, we could do the whole shebang. I got, I seen a bunch of shit. <laughs> Is it real? Is, are there, are there aliens out there? Oh, uh, they're everywhere. He really? might be sitting right here behind the piano. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, don't blow my <laughs> <laughs> You really believe that? I, I don't, I don't think there's any other life in the universe. Well, I'll take, I'll take, I'll tell you what, I'll take you to Skinwalker Ranch in, in, in Utah and we'll, and we'll do some, we'll, we'll get into some weird shit. Yeah. But that's a whole nother day. That's okay. like tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I kept you so long. I think it is tomorrow. It's time to get into it. Uh, Post Malone, thank you. Thank you so much for being here and, uh, and, and best of luck with everything. You got a lot of exciting stuff. Thank you stuff very coming. much. All right, Post. Thank you very much, guys. Bye, I guys. love you so much. Love, love you. yourself, love everyone around. Have a great uh, fucking day. Hey, you same. too. You bet. Thank you. That was fun. There's Ooh. a talented man. I'm gonna be singing that and crying the rest of the day. <laughs> I need a good cry. You're unstable over there. You better be. <laughs> I didn't want you to hear that, that was song. Just Beautiful. too much. Yes. We've been very lucky, Robin. We've seen a lot of great musicians in our time, and oh. uh, and that was a real special moment. Uh, yeah. I do want to um, I do want to uh, say a couple of things before we end this show. One of them is a commercial, which everybody loves. And I think I threw out that commercial. <laughs> you got so <laughs> crazed about that song, you threw away the commercial. <laughs> I think I threw out the Zip Recruiter. Oh, dear. Uh, plug and uh, there's a... Oh, um, I always say to vote. The reason I say that is, uh, you know... I'm looking at this abortion mess and these shitheads that uh, have changed the law. I don't know about you, but it makes me crazy. Well, this month there are primaries in 10 more states. So I'm going to get, get a little political here, not too political, and just say tomorrow it's Maine, Nevada, North Dakota, South Carolina. And I go crazy when I see somebody like lost by 100 votes or a 1,000 votes. I mean, dude, later this month it's Virginia, Colorado, Illinois, New York, Oklahoma, and Utah. Just saying... Come on, man. Fucking vote. We gotta, we gotta get the shit straight here. Uh, this, this, you know, whatever you think straight means, but, but vote. I mean, vote only if you think like I do. You guys have heard my views on things. And quite frankly, if you disagree with me, stay home. Because I know a lot of people say vote no matter what you believe, vote. No. Some shithead shouldn't vote. Well, they got the wrong don't idea. believe your vote counts. So, yeah, they should stay home because voting doesn't count for them. <laughs> yeah. Now, let me see uh, ZipRecruiter. Oh, okay. Hey, ZipRecruiter, if you're hiring this summer, ZipRecruiter says they can find great candidates for you. Try it for free. For free. Costs you nothing at ZipRecruiter.com slash 100. Did I get everything in, guys? I guess I, oh yes, okay, good. Yes. Got everything in. That's it. Isn't that nice? Okay. That, that All was right. amazing. I'm still, I'm, gonna, I'm like, I don't know what beautiful. to do with myself now. I'm going to go into a corner and just. By the way, you lost more weight, my dear. You're, you're falling away. How, how thin are you now? Uh, I, I haven't lost more weight, but you know, the way really? weight comes off, you know, like you start to notice things moving around, like your body composition changes. Might be time for me to be doing a lingerie shoot with you. 
uh, <laughs> very soon. <laughs> I see what's going on here. I think you're ready. Oh, my goodness. You Give tell me, me if you're warning. ready. <laughs> <laughs> so break out the... The hose Is it a horror lingerie shoot? <laughs> no, come on. You're ready. I, don't, I, I think you're ready. I know you were asking me if to do a, um, a lingerie shoot. Well, you I never you... did one of those uh, no. photo sessions with me. I don't know why. Well, now you're ready. That's all I'm saying. All right. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow, Robin. We have a lot of show for you tomorrow. A lot of show. A lot of surprises. And that's that.